When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Pixels! I hope you're ready. First and foremost, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. And we appreciate all of you that come here each and every single day, 2 to 6 Eastern time, to jump aboard with us. I know you have many options out there, and we so appreciate you coming here. We do. Um, You guys have grown the show every year. It's growing into one of the most watched shows in Philly and around the country. And we can't thank you enough. Really. Right out of the gate, Angelo Cataldi will be with us at 2.30 at the bottom of the hour Eastern time. We'll get Angie on here. Um, It was a telling weekend in the NFL. LJ, I have arrived to eat crow. Take your best shots. LJ, happy new year. Um, That game on Sunday for the Philadelphia Eagles is a microcosm of the entire season. And here's why. The score of that game was not indicative of the ass pounding that you took in that game on Sunday. They completely dominated you physically, mentally, everything, spiritually, your effort, coaching, organizationally. They knew when they were down 15, they had you. There was nothing you could do in that game that was going to slow that momentum down. Hey, by the way, did the Cardinals punt? Did they punt in that game? I don't remember the Cardinals punting. Did they punt? I mean, did I did did, did I appreciate it? Thank you so much. A three-win football team didn't punt in a team that is in a stretch run to try to get home field advantage. You got your asses kicked. Breaking it down. That's going to be the most embarrassing part of this. And here's why it's a microcosm of your season. That scoreboard didn't really show how bad you got killed. And your record is really not who you are. It's totally a microcosm of everything that's happened this year. 
You're not that good. Hey, and by the way, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I come out of that going, Jonathan Gannon coached the doorknobs off of Nick Sirianni. He's beaten Dallas this year, hung with San Francisco, and beat the Eagles. His three teams that he's going to have to contend with in the future, with all those draft picks, I got my coach. All that shit we were talking about getting off the bus and on the bus, I do believe he's turning that thing around. Kyler Murray was sensational. He was sensational. The Eagles had no answers for him. He did whatever he wanted to at will. He had garbage pale guys. Their top receiver wasn't active. James Conner, okay back, annihilated you. Hey, and this just in, Jordan Davis, where the fuck are you? You're in your second year, son. No excuses. You can't play good for seven games and take the other 10 off. Where are you? Where are you? By the way, the Cardinals are terrible. They're a terrible team. I got you, Mr. Snuffy. Even with that shitty defense, you still line up across the board better than them. Hey, if I hear another host in radio, TV, anywhere say the coaches didn't have them ready to play, you motherfuckers, you get paychecks. This is not college football. This is not college football. You get paid millions of dollars. Millions. Millions. Coaching? How about self-accountability? How about self-respect? The coaches. I mean... Stop with the firing of Sirianni because it wouldn't matter. They put another puppet in there. This doesn't go to Howie Roseman. This goes to the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. He has no fail-safes for accountability in his organization. None. Howie's not accountable to anybody but Laurie. And he thinks he's a football guy which is scary. This goes to the owner. What a complete and utter disaster. It's one thing to lose to playoff contending teams. It's another thing to lose to shitty football teams. That's a shitty football team. And they destroyed you. They absolutely, utterly destroyed you. 
It wouldn't matter if you fight. Hey, the thing has completely unraveled because the owner allowed it to unravel. They said we have one of the best owners. He is a good owner, but this is why he's underachieved. In 30 years, with the talent and the coaching talent that you've had, you should have four Super Bowls. He's not the owner. The owner in Baltimore is. He's not. That owner lets his football people. That's why, get this. You want to know why Baltimore is the best run franchise in the last 30 years outside of what New England did? You want to know why Ozzie Newsome, Eric DaCosta, and the owner of the Baltimore Ravens? Oh, by the way, they're the number one seed in the AFC. You know why? You can't go wrong hiring a Harbaugh. You know, there's a chance that the Harbaugh's could win the college football national title and Super Bowl in the same calendar year. Hiring great authority coaches who hold people accountable is how you win Super Bowls. That's what Doug did. I mean, the Eagles gave a half-ass effort. I really don't think the offense was horrible. You just didn't have enough opportunities. Gannon went for an onside kick, knowing full well if you scored, he was going to hold you to a field goal. That was the game. You played right into his trap. His objective was to hold you to a field goal. Get the football. Score a touchdown. Beat you on. I said this. As soon as that onside kick, I go, I think they duped him. I think they duped him. Because there wasn't a lot of time left on the clock. He didn't want, he wanted the clock. He didn't care about the field position. He knew the play calling would get tight. It did. He had the advantage, like I said on Friday. He knew what they would do. He knew what Nick would think. He knew it. Gannon was playing chess. Sirianni was playing checkers. He duped them into that. Once they didn't score a touchdown and they kicked the field goal, Gannon knew he was going to win. I said this, holy shit, the Cardinals are going to win. I believe the Cardinals were going to win. As soon as they made the field goal, I went, the Cardinals are going to win this thing. And they did. Brilliant strategy. Hold them to the field goal. You hadn't stopped us. We hadn't punted all day. You weren't going to stop Kyler Murray. And you didn't.
Let me give you my takeaways now. That's just the start of this thing. How far is like um, Harrisburg to uh, Philly? It's like an hour and a half, right? That's where Three Mile Island is. Guys like Tone are too young for that. But remember, guys, Three Mile Island? It's like in Harrisburg, right? That's when they had those nuclear reactors have a situation, Three Mile Island. You know, right? Atomic waste. Yeah, right? That's what you have here. You have a Three Mile Island nuclear meltdown here. I see the core. Like I said, the score didn't, it doesn't give it justice how bad they killed you. I blame the owner for all of this, for allowing this to disintegrate right in front of your eyes. By the way, I've got to back up on something. Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen were the two best coaches. Nick is the lesser coach. He's a yes man. Those two guys are actually good coaches. Jonathan Gannon, I apologize. You may be a shady dude, but you're superior. He completely outcoached Sirianni. He made him look stupid. But then again, Sirianni's look like a dumbass all year. I mean, the defensive personnel, we've gone over this. I don't care if Jim Johnson's your coordinator. You're not fixing this. By the way, stop with the firing of the coaches. It won't matter because why? What's the number one thing I tell you that organization wants? Control. They don't want Lombardi trophies. They'd rather have the control. That's what happens. If you're going to have control of something, let your coach have it, not your GM. How many places does that dynamic work where the GM is in complete control of an organization and they win Super Bowls? Can you name me one place? Where? Name me one place that you went from the front office. Where? You went from the sidelines. I mean, Nick Sirianni was so out of place on the sidelines. I mean, we're going to hear apologies all week. And, and, and get this, the only thing that he does have and the only thing he can say is that we've got to stick together. How do you stick together when two weeks ago you were absolutely lying to your team and everybody in your locker room about Sean Desai. It's And by the way, I'm wrong about AJ. He's not T.O. Brown. He doesn't want to talk shit on the organization. I believe that. He goes, it's not you guys. He's telling you without telling you. It's them. How he's like a weed. He, dude, 
that just keeps coming back. Kyler Murray was absolutely sensational. Completely outplayed Jalen Hurts, who didn't play bad. Look at what that defense did and made Kyler Murray look like a $46.1 million a year quarterback. He looked every bit of it. Shit, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm not moving off that. I don't think so. I mean, he completely, with one game, changed his entire trajectory of what you're going to do as an or You're not moving off that. I am not moving off that. Matt Patricia is doesn't know his personnel. It, he he doesn't know the personnel. I mean, the positions. Why are you playing man? You don't have man corners. Holy shit, that thing was honestly, it was so. It didn't make sense. Nothing they did on defense made sense. It just didn't make sense. Reddick dropping in coverage. It, it The whole thing was chaos. Has Sirianni lost the locker room? He never had it. What do you mean is Sirianni lost the locker room? They like Nick Sirianni because Nick Sirianni is like one of them. I don't want my head coach to be player friendly. I want my head coach to be Mike Tomlin. You think Mike Tomlin is player friendly? Or you don't think he gives a shit about winning? A player's coach? You think Mike Tomlin's a player's coach? I don't. I think Mike Tomlin is a winning coach. Player coach? That's like saying, Code, he's my buddy. So you got a buddy OC and you got a buddy head coach. How's that working? It's a great point, Richie. What do you think the Eagle coaches would do with Mason Rudolph as their starting quarterback? You think they'd be 2-0? You've lost four of five. Hey, by the way, all you gauntlet guys, the gauntlet broke you. Think about that. We're the gauntlet. It broke you. Spiritually, physically, Mentally, the gauntlet broke you. You're broken. Your will's broken. You can't fix that. Your will is broken. When you lose to a three-win team, okay, in a stretch run, where the NFC East is still on the line and potentially the number one overall seed 
and you get outwilled, outcoached, outefforted. What else is there to say? You quit. This is not fixable. It's one thing to get beat by the Cowboys or the Niners. It's another thing to lose to the Jets and the Cardinals. Terrible. I mean, Hertz was fine. He just didn't have opportunity. We're going to look at the numbers here. By the way, Angelo Cataldi, I can't wait. Angelo predicted this. Angelo predicted this. Be with us at the bottom of the hour. The 35-31 score did not really show us what happened in this game. You were thoroughly beaten by a team that's lesser than you and absolutely took you apart. There wasn't one redeeming quality about your entire football team. Not one. 32 first downs to 17. They almost doubled you. Who in the world were they throwing the ball to? 450 yards of total offense versus 275. You were dominated both defensive line and your so-called great O-line. Your O-line this year has been spotty at best, and you put all your money in that group. It's the biggest expense on your team. There's five of them. You got two guys at 15, right? You got a center at 15. You got to decide what you're going to do with Landy. You're going to give, he's going to command 20 million. Jalen left 40 TDs and four Ks in a down year. <laughs> Jalen Hurts as a passer has been suspect. Suspect. I can name you 10 guys with better years. With that talent, too. What Kyler Murray was twice the player Hurts was in that game. With nobodies. You have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And by the way, 30-19, I'm putting one of my star players in a position to block for Kenny Gainwell? Protect your players. Get Olame in there. He's he's great at blocking. What the frig was that? Now he's in a walking boot. Congratulations. Dumb. Rushing yards, 221 yards versus that defensive line who's been awful. 
91 rushing. On 23 attempts, they had 40. They ran the ball at 5-5 a clip. Every, get this, every two carries, they got a first down against you. They were constantly in third and short. Shit, they were barely in third down. Time and possession, 40 minutes to 20. Murray, 25 of 31, 232. Three touchdowns, 116, and ate the living shit out of your defense. This thing has been a colossal, like I said, Harrisburg, you know, years ago, Three Mile Island had that meltdown, right? This is an institutional meltdown. This starts at the very top. This is nothing to do with that choir boy or that cheerleader on the sideline. This has everything to do with the owner because you know why? He does not hold anybody accountable but the guy who owns his checkbook. That You could have Jim Johnson in there and it wouldn't matter. No, he couldn't because Jim would never take the job. The shittiest team in the league beat you and beat you up. Let me say something to you here, man. Angelo Cataldi, he thought they would lose. They may lose this Giants game now because you have no will. You have no heart. You you were in a stretch run, and you got blasted by a team that stinks. Okay? You've lost four or five. Angelo said they're going to lose a bunch of games here. I'm going to bring him on here in a second, but I'm going to say this to you. Before I bring him on, that game that you saw yesterday was just a microcosm of the season because the score doesn't reflect how bad you got your asses handed to you. It just doesn't. Just like your record. Your record is exactly what that score on that scoreboard was yesterday. It's not indicative of who you are. Let's bring Angelo Cataldi in. I couldn't wait to get him on. Happy New Year to you. This is a great New Year present for all of you out there. Um, he has he has still, in my opinion, the heart and soul of the entire Philadelphia sports community and knows what these fans are thinking right now. And I got to tell you here, Angelo, just give me your takeaways on what you saw yesterday. Well, I'm going to start by just saying this, Dan. All right? You don't need guests. Like, I've heard you before you I come on many times here and you have the answers you know what you're talking about it's this the fact that people are surprised by what has happened the last five weeks is astonishing to me because the team wasn't good when they were 10 and 1 we were watching the team win games in haphazard lucky ridiculous ways and then they came home to roost the niners destroyed them the cowboys destroyed them the backup quarterback of Seattle drove 94 yards in the last minute to beat them. They stink. Do you understand? They're not winning anything. And if you want to pin it down, I'll pin it down for you. Because you're right. Yesterday was a microcosm. This team's coaching 
is abysmal. It's atrocious. It's it's like a it's like the college games that Nick Sirianni once participated in. One of those Division three college teams. They're awful. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't think he ever knew what the hell he was doing. Because he damn well doesn't now. Here's how I can prove it. All right, Dan? When you're a coach and you come out at 10 and 1. I went back and looked this up this morning. I got nothing going on. I'm retired now. <laughs> and I looked it up. Right, Dan? And I went. Uh, what was he saying? He went, you know, yeah, the record's great. This was a good win for us, but we still have a lot to work on. We have a lot of teaching to do. How's that teaching going on the defensive side of the ball? Let's just look at that. Because the defense, I have never seen a defense this bad. 449 yards, four touchdown drives of 70 yards or more in the second half against one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And they didn't punt. If you're, they never, they never use a punt. Britain Covey never got on the field, right? Just explain this to me, all right? If you were using those wins as teaching devices, how's it working out for you? How you doing? <laughs> yeah. How's that defense coming along? You've had a month and a half, two months to fix it. What have you done? And why have you been completely unable to do a damn thing about it? Damn. I'm going to just say it, all right? There's a lot of people in this city thinking it because a hundred of them emailed me this morning, all right? They don't think Sirianni should go beyond this year. You think he's coaching coaching these next couple weeks for his job? Now I do. Based on the fan response, all right? Here's the thinking the fans are giving me, Dan. See if this works with you. If you're going to fire Doug Peterson after he won a Super Bowl, right, why wouldn't you fire Nick Sirianni after he lost one? They know this. First of all, Howie Roseman would never acknowledge that the roster isn't great. He doesn't care about live. He thinks this is a Super Bowl caliber roster. So he's got to be watching this going, well, it's coaching. Now, he's right about it. Coaching is the number one problem on this team right now. What are you going to do about it? You want to bring him back? You want to bring this guy back another year? Couldn't fix all this for all these weeks? Couldn't It got worse and worse and worse regardless of the opponent? You're going to bring that guy back? You think that the, 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 the definition of insanity is keep doing things the same way and expect a different result. Nick Sirianni can't coach. I'm just going to say it to you straight. Dan, you're watching what I'm watching. Does that look like a guy no, who's not a no. coach? I, we, you and I have said it since day one, and I've said it like, like you know, and again, I've been with you all along, Angelo, and I think you and I have been on that one island by ourselves where we both have said this. I don't see it. I got to tell you this too, Angelo. Jonathan Gannon coached the hell out of that oh, yeah. crappy-ass football team yeah. and coached the pants off of Sirianni Look at Shade Steichen. Those two guys wow. were actually better last year than I actually thought. Right. And I got to tell you, Sirianni is the 2-5 and five coach, Angelo. We saw at the beginning of the 2021 year. He's even said it. This is my offense. Yeah. Okay? It looks 2-5. and five. Yeah. No, Sirianni. 
demoted himself from calling the plays right away when Steichen was there. Because do you really believe that, Angelo, or do you think that Howie and the owner came in and said, sure you know not. what, it might be yeah. in the best interest to pass sure. it over to Steichen? Right. So if they knew in the first year that Nick was not a good play caller, were they then automatically starting to wonder how good a coach he was? Because he's an offensive coach. He was an offensive coordinator himself. If he can't call plays and his defense, he doesn't do anything with his defense, what's he there for? What's he doing? How? Uh, oh, the brilliance after the games? With these comments he makes? We got to stick together. Did you see A.J. Brown at the end of the game? Fox was smart. They knew when the Eagles took that field goal. Never went to Brown in the big that big series. Two runs by uh, the quarterback, and then they try a screen pass to Gainwell, right? You watch A.J. Brown. You think he's A.J. Brown is in favor of what he's seeing in the coaching right now? Uh, how many of the people have has Sirianni lost in the locker room? Uh, he yelled at uh, Hassan Reddick on the sideline two weeks ago, screamed in his face, right? Devontae Smith, he, he yelled at Devontae Smith. Who's on his side right now? Are they playing hard? Does the defense look like it no. even gives a damn? No, absolutely. coaching. It's all tell me, coaching. Tell speaking of that, tell me if you I I personally think Jonathan Gannon put the cheese out in the trap in that last drive. And I'm gonna tell you why. When he went for the onside kick, he knew if we hold them to a field goal, yeah. they can't stop us. <laughs> They're going to win the game at worst, right. right? He knew he would score a touchdown and take it into overtime because they hadn't punted all afternoon. Yeah, They went right into it with those lame-ass runs. They kicked the field goal. They stopped him with the bad play calling right. and situational play calling. Gannon knew he had, I right. went like this. The Cardinals are going to win this. Right. I was convinced the Cardinals were going to win. You know there's no one who hates Gannon more than I do. That onside on, kick, people thought the onside kick failed. It's I think it was a success. He, he he realized if he shortened the field, he would get another possession and the clock defense. You're one hundred percent right. Dan saved the time. Your knowledge of football is intricate. Honestly, that's exactly what happened. And then they fell right into the trap. The minute they hit, kicked the field goal, did you say to yourself, they fell in the Cardinals trap? Now they're going to blow it. Now they're yeah, going to I said the Cardinals. No, no, I went like this. Do you yeah. know what he did? Instead of kicking it down the field where most, yeah. the time would take off, it, it would have played into the Eagles running the clock out. Yeah. So what did he did? He saved the time and he saved field position yeah. by kicking it there. Stop him there. Guess what you did? You're right. You probably saved a minute off the clock. Easy. You got the ball back again, and yeah. you drove him one. Exactly. And and you know what else? I'll even take it a step further. Let's say the Eagles had good play calls when they were at the 20. They certainly didn't, but let's say they did. And they scored the touchdown, and they went up seven. You know what he would have done? He would have gone for two. Absolutely. He would have won in regulation anyway. They couldn't stop the two-pointer either. He, he knew he had them. When he watched the defense that he coached the last two years and went, well, they're not going to be able to stop us. How bad do you have to be? That is a 3-12 and team. 
And and that's the way their coach looked at it. So of the three guys, now let's look at it. Steichen, Gannon, and Sirianni. All together last year, they went to the Super Bowl. Rank them in terms of intelligence now after what you saw. Steichen, Gannon, Sirianni. <laughs> I go Steichen, Gannon, then a big gap, and then yeah. Sirianni. No, no, no. I go, more like this, three. I, I go more like this, Angelo. Steichen, Gannon, <laughs> The uh, janitor and then Sirianni. <laughs> yeah, the jan- the janitor and Big Dom. I think B- you got to put Big Dom in there, right? Put Big Dom in there. Yes. we're laughing, right? But this city is this is New Year's Day, and the city of Philadelphia is bleeding with anger and frustration. That they finally, the all the people that weren't on board now all get it. This team stinks because their coach can't coach. That's the problem. And How that's what my damage? take would be if I was on WIP this oh morning. My God. Uh, oh, my God. That guy can't coach. And now it's just the question of whether or not Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie are going to cut ties on a guy. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. I looked this up. The man, the coach with the best winning percentage in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles, 0.680, Nick Sirianni. Are they going to fire that guy in a playoff season when he has the highest winning percentage in the history of the franchise? Yes. Yes, you know I why? think they are. They are, because I'll tell you why. They believe that record is them and not him. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. They You're don't. Right they all. think he's a byproduct, right, of their culture, Angelo. Yeah. They 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 think. See, they think they can plug anybody in there because they're so egomaniac yeah. that they think they'll find another guy. Yeah. They'll put a guy in there, and they're going to come up with it and go like this because, like you said, Angelo, the owner, the GM, and the kid who's head of analytics. They're not taking the blame for this. Right. No, they're not. Now, here's what I am as a huge Eagles fan who is, I mean, I wanted so badly for them to win it all this year. Now I obviously see that they're not going to even sniff that. I want them to lose against the Giants. And I think they will. Tyrod Taylor put up some numbers yesterday. If he started the game against them, he would have beat them. Tyrod Taylor is waiting for them next Sunday at the Meadowlands. Now, I know the game probably won't have much meaning. They're probably going to – the Eagles are going to be the five seed. They're probably going to Tampa, whatever. But they're going to have to play their regulars because they stunk it out the last five weeks, all right? They lose that game. Then I'll put my house on it. They'll lose the, uh, the playoff game. Now they're done having lost six out of seven. Who survives that? No one. Can't you can't survive, survive that when you're 10 and one and you're paying the amount of money you're paying yep. on that side of the ball. How about this one, Angelo? How much damage has the front office and ownership done to that locker room and oh. to the players and to the coaching staff with that insane move with Patricia? Patricia, by the way, too, Angelo, oh. he doesn't know his personnel. I no. mean, he's a man cover corner guy. Oh. He's oh. always been, now he's running man corners with zone corners. And you're like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. No. It's 
It just doesn't make sense. No. It's, it's incredible to me that they looked at their staff and they thought this guy, who has never been good at that job, would suddenly be good at that job. But they, I guess they thought, well, Desaia's not getting it done. He was a terrible choice because, again, they didn't go out and take a defensive coordinator who had a record of success doing it. You're a Super Bowl team. Do you understand most guys would love to be the coach on that team? And you went out and got a guy who had no track record for success doing it and said, here, you'll be great at it. Stupid. All of it's stupid. And it starts from the top. Mr. Pontification, Jeff Lurie. I'm going to tell you, this is what I see and how that play calling becomes so poor. You know, when you have an analytics department and you have the owner's son that's giving the information and the intel, this is why A.J. Brown, you know what? I thought A.J. Brown was being an asshole, but now guess what? I think he just doesn't want to say and call out the coaching staff and the game plan on what's going on. So I've backtracked on that. I'm telling you, the reason that you saw Steichen, that was not analytics, Angelo, going for it on, get this, he no. couldn't run that play no. in Philly last year if he wanted to do an onside kick. Right. That's not an analytics play. No. That's going like this and thinking, you're right. in the field. I need clock. They can't stop us. Stop a field goal. We win. That's on the <laughs> sideline thinking. No, it's brilliant. It's br- I'll, I'll give you that, and I can't stand the guy. But it's, it's based in an utter disrespect for the Eagles' defense that this guy – with the 29th ranked passing offense, had no fear None. that he would get the ball and not be able to take it the length of the field to win the game. No fear. Well, if you're in that spot, if you have reached that point, you have to basically start all over. The defense is rotting at the core. It's rot- It's awful. <laughs> they can't stop the run now. They could never stop the pass. They don't. They look confused half the time out there. And Barrett Brooks on a post-game show said he looked like they were quitting out there. They did. In the game they had to win, he said they got out muscled. They got out fought by a three and twelve team. What does that tell you about the willed? They were out willed. Yes, by a team playing for nothing. Nothing. On the road. They were on the road. The Eagles were home. And they didn't even have their top wide receiver, Angelo. He wasn't active for the game. I didn't even know who the hell some of these guys were. I'm like, who's Kyler Murray throwing the ball to? I mean, James Conner. I liked him at Pitt. Good kid. Great story. But, I mean, 130 yards rushing? No, I was watching James Conner. I thought Jimmy Brown came back from the dead. (laughs) Right. Did you see the the tackles he was breaking? He was going right through them. My God. Lack of will. That's lack lack of will. will. They don't care. They've checked out. How much damage do you think that this coaching staff in front office has done to Jalen Hurts' development? That's a good question. That's a good question. Here's here's what I can tell you based on what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing. Mike Quick does a great job with the analysis on the Eagles radio games. And Mike has made a point a lot that the best plays the Eagles have run were not plays that came in from the sideline. They were improv in the moment. They were they they had to you know, it, it flush the quarterback out of the pocket. Now run for your life, you know, that kind of thing. 
That's where they make the best play. But the irony is in that last series, after the hold on Mayalata, they ran the plays that were called in. How bad were those plays? Oh, terrible. You, and, and then Sirianni's trying to tell you, you know, you don't understand. We almost had a lane. He almost had a lane. And if he got a lane, <laughs> then he would have he burst into the clear and run for miles. He's in. And I'm watching this and I'm going, I, not even his kids are buying this crap. He's got to be a Northern Italian. He cannot, be, he cannot be from where oh. we're from. This guy's more wow. of a Frenchman, Angelo. There's not well, a chance he's Italian. <laughs> my grandfather taught me a word in Italian that well describes Siriati right now. What, Bajamagul? Stunad. 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 Stupid. Holy cow, stupid. man. I mean, okay, so do you think that they – would he really, the owner, if they lose to the Giants and then yeah. lose out, do Don't. you think that owner it has would to really make a move and fire him in the offseason? It has to be. What are you going to justify? You're going to fire a coach with a 680 win percentage. Yes. He's going to fire the coach with the best winning percentage in Eagles history because that number is fake. That number, what they'll say, you know this as well as yeah, I do. Yeah. They'll say, hey, look at the roster. Of course he won all those games. We're brilliant at what we do. But then we got to 10 and 1, and he lost his mind. He lost his, his composure on the sideline. He lost his team. He lost the fans. And then he loses the bosses, and then he loses his job. I think he's two losses away from goodbye. It's crazy. crazy. I believe it. I believe it. Crazy that you could go from 11 months ago. <laughs> 11 yeah. months ago, yeah. Angelo. Yeah. 11 months ago. Correct. From going to the Super Bowl to being fired. Fame is fleeting. <laughs> or or how about this? So the equity that he got for taking that team to a Super Bowl, yeah. you think it's worn out now? It's I don't off. see. Look, I... It's going to be very hard unless Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie do something they've never done before. Look in the mirror and go, Howie looks in the mirror, he goes, look at that secondary and the linebackers I gave him. They were terrible. I'm at fault. <laughs> Not going to happen, all right? Lurie's going, look at the money I've spent. Look at the people I've helped. This is not acceptable to me. Who do we blame? Oh, look, there's Sirianni over there. Eh, we can bring in another yes man, another puppet. Let's let's bring another guy in. Sirianni has dazzled no one this year in the way he talks about the games. I watch him in news conferences, Dan, and I begin to wonder if he's smart at all. You know how you 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 listen you listen to Bill Walsh when he talked, uh, Bill Parcells. You knew those guys knew the game. They understood the intricacies of the game. He talks too much. Sirianni gives you all this technical jumbo mumbo, but he doesn't really seem to know how to apply it. He says a lot, Angelo, but doesn't say anything. Yeah, honestly. Then if they get rid of Sirianni at the end of the year, I'm 100% on board. I've seen enough. That you can't bring him back, it's only going to get worse. How about this, though, Angelo? Even yeah. if you blow him out. 
Wouldn't they just put another puppet in there again? They will. They will. But then the situation doesn't rectify itself until you have somebody accountable for Howie Roseman, doesn't it? Don't don't you have you're right this fail safe, the owner? Uh the the only the owner and the owner. Um someday his son will be running the Eagles. So if you want to really feel bleak about it, go well, the Lurries are gonna be in charge for the next 25 years. I'm not sure we're gonna get another parade. Remember I told you a couple weeks ago I said this team was trending to be a five-win football team? Yes, you did. 100% you said that. And that's why I don't even know why you bring on guests. Because <laughs> you're like, you should just sit in front of that camera and just offer sage views on, on football and life. But they don't believe me, and I'll tell you why. Because they, they're so – and in your book, like you say um, – Eagle fans have this innate passion and love and just desire for them and to believe that the team is doing the right thing to win a Super Bowl and pushing things to be in the right direction. They don't want to believe that a lot of this has to do with finances and control. Those are the two things that the Eagles, what I'm learning, covering your team now, Angelo, for three years, it's money and control those two things supersede Lombardi and that's why he's only won one in 30 years because yeah. if he ran it like uh Steve Biscotti up in uh, Baltimore ran it and how he runs that organization Angela there's no there's no getting around the fact there's Baltimore again the number one yeah. seed in the AFC with a great. quarterback they took a gamble on yeah. brought a better coach in yeah. guess what they did there Yep. They wanted it. He won an MVP award a couple of years ago. Really, I didn't know anything was wrong with the offense, but you know what they said? We need him to take that next step. I saw five touchdowns over the weekend. Terrific. This guy is Baltimore's going to win the yep. Super Bowl again. I, I mean, think they are. Why wouldn't they bring in more qualified people? Because they don't have the same sense of security as Biscotti. They 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 feel insecure in that they were the nerd in the schoolyard. And now they're getting to run an NFL team and uh, nobody is going to get in their way. They're not bringing any tough guys onto the organization. They're not. And they're not going to again. They had a great coach and a great man, Doug Peterson, a man who resonated with the city like no one. That man should have been here as long as Andy Reid was. He knows how to win. He's got the Jaguars. They shot him shot out there, but he, that guy is a coach. On the cusp of winning his second division title. They ran him out of town because he wanted to bring in assistants that he could work well with. That's what it, you won a Super Bowl and you didn't earn that right with these owners. So you're going to get used to the next Sirianni is going to be the same kind of thing. And these guys, we got one, thank God. Dan, Dan, thank God we won one. And and here's the one thing they don't understand. I did a, a does I did 25 book signings and appearances for that book of over a month period. I was everywhere. And the number one thing, the number two thing they had me write was bleep Dallas or Dallas sucks. That was two. Number one by far. Go birds. Go birds. Go Birds. They love that team. This city loves that team as much as any city has ever loved its team. And when they're watching 
garbage, like what they saw yesterday. You are insulting those people. You are laughing in their face, and it's not right. And I, I got all the emails today to prove it. People are just desperately frustrated that they uh, have no chance to see another great run this year. Do and you... they're blaming it all on Sirianni. It, it, he is the focal point, and they're right. They got to get rid of this guy. That they're they're going to set Jalen Hurts on the same track of Carson Wentz. Yeah, that, that if they don't bring in better coaching, you know, he was fortunate. We now know Steichen was a good coach. Yeah, he was a good coach. Steichen, working with Steichen last year, working with Steichen, you saw what Jalen Hurts can accomplish. Working with uh, Brian Johnson or Nick Sirianni, you see what he could do this year. It's not even close. You need to bring in people that enhance his amazing package of talents. You need him. He's a good player with a good mindset with bad coaching. That's what's going on right now. And don't think when he was going off the field after those three play calls and that field goal, don't tell me he wasn't saying to himself, these guys don't have a clue what they're doing. Do you think they've, he's lost the locker room? He's in the process. When you lose Reddick and you lose A.J. Brown, you're, use, you're losing two of the biggest stars on each side of the ball. That permeates. You know, that, that can only go so far. Now, you got Kelsey. He's going to help you to get through that on the offense. You got uh, Brandon Graham. He's going to help you get through that on defense. But if this stuff keeps happening, you're going to lose them all. And I'll tell you right now, you're probably watching the final game or two of Kelsey's career and Graham's career. And it's sad that it has to end that way because they couldn't put a defense on a field. Man, I, I, it's the, the, the whole thing here with with like everybody, it's it's it, it's in chaos right now. And I, I will throw one bit of shade on Jalen, and I'll ask you if you think it's fair. Um. Angelo, don't you think he's got to eventually be more assertive and maybe put his foot down more and be a little bit more publicly vocal about his position? Because I mean, wouldn't that wouldn't that galvanize people? Because if it you're would. losing all those guys because the coaching staff in the front office, and by the way, Bob Lang and all them guys are so controlling. Oh, that I find hey, by the way, too, Angelo. You're right about having Sirianni on. Shit, I find out more about the injuries and all about the Eagles through the national guys and not the local guys. Yeah. They don't tell the local guys anything. No. Those guys who put their heart and soul into covering the team, they yeah. give they feed them BS, and they yeah. give the national guys all the stories. I right. mean, it's, it's really – See, now I'd fight that. If I were covering the team, I would fight that. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. Why are we giving this stuff to uh, uh, the ESPN? Or what, why are you giving it to other people? We're the ones here every day. Jay Glazer I, gets more information on the yeah. Eagles than the local guys do. No, I mean, it's I mean, like Frank, they I, it's it's really. But do you don't you think yeah. Jalen needs to maybe be a little bit more vocal and assertive in his leadership? It uh, would probably? help him if he were publicly more vocal. It would help him because it would create more of a dialogue that this these coaches are not serving Jalen Hurts well. But it's not – I don't think it's in his DNA. Remember, his father's a coach. He he played in Alabama where they just don't 
that you don't talk to the media. I would like to see it because what I felt today, the pulse of the city today was, man, they just need somebody to step up and go, we're not getting coached the way we need to. The coaching's a problem here. And then watch what happens in this city. It would go like wildfire right through the city because it would reinforce what fans think and what they believe. And it doesn't take a lot to start that fire. So, yeah, that would work for him. And it would help him because then they would have no choice but to, to support him with better people than what they've been doing. But I don't think he'll do it. I don't think he's. I don't think he wants to go public. Couple last questions for you here, Angelo. Let me. Do, do you think that also that that would begin? Because I said this a couple days ago. If Jalen Hurts starts doing that, does the organization then start looking at him as Doug Peterson, where they would start looking at him mm. as a guy who is a malcontent in the locker room? Because when Doug started fighting back and pushing back because Howie was playing in Doug's sandbox and he wanted him out of that sandbox, that's when there was a friction between the two. And this is where I blame Jeffrey Laurie like I blame Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. Don't, you know, there wasn't a guy in the middle to get between those two guys like Belichick and Brady to make that thing work like Kraft. Kraft made that thing work for 20 years. There's no, there's no buffer with Howie. He needs a president of an organization that have somebody that has as much power as him. Yeah. Angelo, I think it would help the organization to have more credibility and also accountability. That will never happen. You understand? Wow. For the same reason that they're not bringing in seasoned hands who have an opinion and are willing to express it. They don't want any opposition to their little world. So that's not going to happen. All right. And if, uh, would, would they be alienated by Hertz? Maybe, but, Jalen Hurts is a talented player. And with the right coaching, he's top 10, maybe top five in the league. So you want to play that game again, I think you're asking for trouble. I think what you got to do is find a way to bring in the people that will make him the great player he is capable of being. He showed it last year. He can be a great quarterback in the NFL but he's not going to be it with the coaches that are there right now. Would you bring Frank Reich in now? Well, I know that. that no, not right now. That for, Unless Frank Reich learned how to be a defensive coordinator in the last three weeks, there's not. it doesn't matter who you Plus bring in. Plus, he's got 62 million reasons to hang out in Carolina no. right now. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now. All right, Frank Reich, is he a possibility for next year? Yeah, definitely. If he wanted to come in here, either as the head coach or as an offensive coordinator, yeah. And I'm sure that Sirianni would welcome it because they have good buddies. Maybe that would be one way to fix the offense. But that isn't – that's problem B. Problem A is your defense can't stop anybody. You can't – you said it so well. They onside kick the ball so they would get another possession. It was a mousetrap. This is the Cardinals. This is not Tom Brady. This is this is the Cardinals saying, just give us one more possession. We Angelo, know as soon as he kicked it, I went, this is brilliant. And and everyone's like, and, and even the announcers didn't get it. And I'm like, yeah. this is brilliant. It saved field position time. Yeah. They knew they weren't going to score. Hold them the field yeah. goal. They're going to win it. Yeah. I, that was their only chance. And I went, this is brilliant. 
Jonathan Gannon did that on the sidelines. Oh, I'm watching this going. It was brilliant. I've been wrong about the guy. I'll tell you what, I don't like the guy either. And by the way, do you watch the way he blitzes? Yeah. I mean, he was blitzing like his hair was on fire. Yeah. There was any of that last year. Why not? Because the bosses said, don't do it. Right. Same stuff. Oh, Dan, this is, this is not going to be good. What's about to happen the next few weeks? I'm warning you now. All right. Hey, wait, hide wait. your children. Hide your women. You <laughs> I got one TV for the next you. two games because it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I got two last. I got one last one here for you. Please tell me behind the scenes on why Jim Schwartz left Philly oh. because I heard this. He retired. Now he's the DC, and the Browns are an eleven-win team. In my opinion, because of him and mm. what he's done there. With why did he leave here? Defense. Um, I, I, I did they run him it. out? I, I can't answer it. We didn't love him either, Dan. He was kind of passive too. But maybe Angelo, it's because the guys made him passive. Here's the thing. You know what I want? I I live in a dream world. <laughs> you know who I want to be the defensive coordinator, and okay. I wish it would be today. Seth Joyner, brilliant, brilliant man with a ferocious attitude who takes no prisoners. Do you think, he'd be, do you think he'd be better than Matt Patricia? Oh, I, he would be a sensational. Are you he, kidding he, me? My opinion, you know, D'Amico uh, Ryan's down in Houston. Yes, same he'd thing. Exactly like brilliant. that. That's too strong a willed guy right. for them. Well, that's too bad because you would have a great defense if Seth Joyner was overseeing it. You wouldn't be playing this kind of defense. Seth Joyner, from what I heard, I didn't see it. After the game on his podcast, I, I, I heard he had to be sedated. That he, he did. That he, he was like. Our post-game show, he was going psycho. Yeah, right? I mean, he can't believe this himself. He played in that uniform. Yeah. How the hell is this happening? On our on our on our post game show on Jacob, he was going like it just and I I was mm. we were texting back and forth and I just yeah. went it just the mm. thing doesn't have a rhyme or reason in what they're doing. There's no, it just doesn't make sense on what they're doing against nope. the run now. What they're doing, I mean, think about this too. Look, Josh Sweat has played eight hundred and like ninety plays. That's He's played almost. 250 more plays than he did a year ago, Angel. They have no depth at yeah. the edge position, guys. Oof. Their two young tackles are hitting walls right now. You know who the best DT is? Fletcher Cox. Yeah, he's been oh, better. Fletcher, much better I, I would want him much back. Better. Much better. But I Brandon, would want Graham, him back. Brandon Graham, who will be leaving us imminently, oh, yes. said, it's all right in front of us. We haven't lost anything yet. He said, and you're listening to your pride, Brandon. Were you not watching the game we just watched? You couldn't stop a thing. You couldn't stop anything. Now you're telling me it's in front of you. Well, guess what? Everything that's been in front of you has been right behind you. That runs right past you. Get I'm it up behind you. It's your best gonna be ugly. The best days are in the rearview mirror, right? Oh, now. it is. It's true. And I uh, do they lose to the Giants? You. What's that? Do they lose to the Giants? Final score, 27-22.
Giants. Oh my God. Oh my God. Nostradamus has spoken. <laughs> With that said, my friends, he he predict hey, he predicted the end of the world for the Eagles season. <laughs> he said it. Oh, by the way, you know there's the curse of the babe. We now have the curse of the Sirianni not showing up in his final week for Angelo when yeah. Angelo was bowing That's out. Right. I'm going to call this now the curse of Angelo Cataldi no. on Sirianni because things have gone sideways. Ever Listen since to me. That. I gave him the Malloy. Oh, you gave – oh. It's the curse of the schnoz. Remember something, folks. When an Italian throws the Malloy, you got to make sure you got to kind of throw it off here because – it's really a deadly thing here when you like that. You know, it's, it's no good, man. I only bring that thing up when I have to. <laughs> man, you're the best, my friend. You Take bet, care, buddy. Thank you, my friend. See you soon. Bye bye. Great Angelo Cataldi. Very good. All right. Hey, by the way, um, Tone, Gary Cobb, four thirty. He's good to go. So we will get Gary Cobb on here too. Tone will be with us at 3.30. We're going to get back into it here in a second. Wow. Nick Sirianni coaching for his job. We're going to hit on that. We're going to hit on that. Okay? Don't forget our good friends at Hooters. Absolutely fabulous time during this holiday time. Happy New Year to you, too. All the great um, gift certificates that we have, $5 that you have with those gift cards. You guys can go and end up winning yourself an opportunity at winning some great merchandise and great gift. All you have to do is email us, dancelioshow at gmail.com. You may win some gift cards as well and gift certificates and some merchandise from us. You can also go to hooters2go.com. Great specials like we have, lunch specials Monday through Friday, 1130 to 3 p.m., boneless wings. Happy hours Monday through Friday, 4 to 6, six items, six bucks. Hour number two coming up, and I want to talk about Sirianni. Is he, is he coaching for his job? Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things, Christmas is near, shop, have a beer, Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard, give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours too with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things, Christmas is near, gift cards are here, good at Hooters everywhere now, Hooters gifts are always favored.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. fans, I've done something for you. You want me to tell you? I've done something for you. I was just asked I can't here's a ballot can't show the I can't show the phone number. Here are the names. On who I would pick for Hall of Fame. And five guys for the Hall of Fame. Eric Allen, Antonio Gates, Reggie Wayne, Dwight Freeney, and Jared Allen. would be my five. So I voted for Eric Allen. And hopefully his name will be announced when he gets to knock on the door. He's now um, right there getting closer and closer to potentially getting the knock on the door. So there. And by the way, I think I've got 10 of the 50 voters for the Hall of Fame to vote for Eric Allen. Um, I don't know if that will push him in, but um, yeah. So, all right. Oh, by the way, I don't know. I got to tell you guys the story before we get into Sirianni here a little bit more. Boy, Angelo saying that he's coaching for his job. Guys, I'm sitting and I, I sent I sent Tone this. Guys, I'm sitting on my couch and I'm watching 
the Fox show because Jimmy Johnson got inducted into the Cowboy Ring of Honor. And by the way, the commissioner of the National Football League and his lies about his officiating crew are absolutely atrocious. It's been one of the worst officiated seasons in the history of the National Football League. And we saw an absolute, I mean, gift given to the Cowboys. I mean, their energy to try to get the Cowboys in the NFC title game, it looked rigged when they were talking about the Lion guy reporting at the end of the game. It was just awful. But it was great to see Jimmy uh, get into the Cowboy ring of honor. Well, so the next day on Sunday, everybody's there. The Rock shows up. Rock gives me a shout-out on the Fox show. I don't know if any of you saw that. But the Rock gave me a shout out, and uh, I'm sitting. My phone blows up. Holy shit, Sills! Did you hear the Rock giving you a shout out? Okay, I mean, I'm like, I, 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 and I had to play it back, and I said, "Oh my god!" I mean, he did because he was mentioning some of the greatest defensive linemen during Jimmy's time at Miami, and he threw my name in there, and he's like Dan Cilio and Jerome Brown, Cortez Kennedy. Russell Maryland, those guys. I was, I couldn't believe it that the Rock, the Rock came out, talked to Jimmy. It was a pretty cool moment there. So, um, I want to throw out some love to the Rock there, man. That was pretty cool stuff, dude. I mean, hey, MG, my, I, I played it back. I, I mean, I got the thing on my phone now. I'm like, holy shit, we're getting some love here. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Dakeem goes, Sills. When you make it, we make it. Remember that. You're right. You're absolutely right, man. The ref announced him eligible on national TV. Uh, hey, Josh, I thought that was... And then he turned around and called him a liar after the game. Okay? Then he turned around and called him a liar after the game. You're like, holy cow. All right. You know... Is Sirianni these last couple games coaching for his job? Do you think Nick Sirianni is coaching for his job these next couple games? Is it would they fire him? Would they fire him? Would they fire Nick Sirianni? You guys really believe that they, the highest win percentage coach in Eagle history, a guy who took you to a Super Bowl 11 months ago, you think they would fire? Wow. 49ers think, get his ass, cheerleading ass out. Doubt it. Q, I don't... uh, He's not a real coach. He's a yes man. Wow. Do you think he's been exposed as that? And that the players are ex- exposing him like A.J. Brown. I'm, I'm going to take that back about A.J. Brown. I tweeted something out because I've been calling him T.O. I'm wrong. Because he's he's telling you every time. It's not the media guys. It's not you guys. He doesn't want to say anything against the coaches. He's not going to talk about the players. I don't believe it's the players either. Hey, man. Now, look, do I think it's the players? 
in the fact that they got to show up and show some guts. I do. You can't play like that and not have guts. You had no guts. You had no guts. Look at how fast fraud coaches, no matter what your record is. Hey, let's do it again. Would Nick? Would Howie Roseman really admit that firing Doug was the wrong thing to do by firing Nick Sirianni? I can't blame Jalen much. No. He's too young and talented. He's our future. Every quarterback needs good coaching. Absolutely. Especially in the NFL. I didn't think Jalen played poorly. Look, he only had 40. What was it? How many plays did he have? How many plays did he have? He had 47 plays. What do you have? Eight drives? Seven drives? That wasn't on him. He didn't have the opportunity. By the way, his numbers... Hertz was 18 of 23, 167, three touchdowns, one pick, 118-4. Okay. That's okay. 18 of 23. I'm gonna be all right with that. I think he's 197 yards away from 4,000 passing yards. You think he gets it against the Giants? You think he gets it against the Giants? He needs 197 yards. To go over 4,000 yards. You think he gets it? Do you think they care that much about it? Yes, he gets it, but loses. Probably not the Giants game is meaningless. That's what I think. I think they'll sit them once they get the lead. Once they get the lead, they'll sit them. Or do they play them risking because they want to get them the numbers? There's probably an incentive in there too. So if I was close to an incentive and I'm 20 yards away and there's $150,000 or $200,000 incentive in there, I'd want to get that. Okay, I'd want to get that. Do you play second team against the Giants? No, you still got to win that game, dude. You lose that game and the Cowboys win, they win the East. You you don't have any games off. Okay? You don't have any games off. Hey, get this. I thought the Seattle game was going to come back to haunt you. (laughs) The Seattle now and the Cardinal game. The Cardinal game now haunts you more. The Jets game actually haunts you more now. The Jets game actually haunts you more. Starters have to play. You 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 got to play sixty minutes of football this coming weekend. You still got the division on the line, seating on the line. Hey, by the way, I love Dan Campbell going for two. He knew he wasn't going to move up in the rotation when it came to playoff implications. He had already won a division. He's looking at it like, hey. I, I probably would have kicked it once they kept moving them back like that. But, I mean, at the end, and he probably didn't want to get his guys hurt. You know, you play more, you know, you play more football, you, there's a chance you get guys hurt like that. I, hey, who would have thought Dan Campbell turned out to be a better coach than Nick Sirianni? 
Guys, I've been telling you since day one, that guy's a freaking cheerleader. And he proves it more and more every single day. Whatever analytics tell him to do, they'll do that. Guys, I want to show you one more time what coaching is. If the Cowboys win against Washington, they get the division. If Even if we win, I say sit the players. They need the rest. I, I, I thought if both teams won, uh, the Eagles win the division because of tiebreakers. You could be right, Dirty D. But I want to show you something that took the page off of analytics in that game. Okay? Jonathan Gannon set you up. He set you up. They didn't give a sh- If they got the onside kick, that's gravy. That's a cherry on top of the cake. But if they didn't, what did they do in the process? Gannon is talking to his assistant coaches. That guy is smarter than you think. And let me put it to you why he outcoached Nick to win the game. He's got lesser talent, lesser people on the field. You don't line up at all anywhere except maybe his quarterback. If you don't get it, get this. If you kick it with two minutes left in the game, the Eagles can run the clock out because they know the run defense isn't that good, even though they did a great job against the Eagles holding them under 100 yards rushing. But time was the essence. So what did he do? He said if they score first, that's fine. They can't stop us too. He says if we hold them to a field goal, he knew they'd win. As soon as you kick the field goal, Jonathan Gannon went like this in that sequence. They're not going to go, and they're going to get conservative. And they did. Those runs and all those dump pass, all that stuff they were doing made no sense. And the situational play calling was awful. Gannon knew it because you know why? Remember what I told you on Friday? You think Gannon's got a... um psychological advantage knowing how those guys think and how the analytics department thinks. I'll tell you this, the shit that that guy does in Arizona now compared to what he did in Philly is night and day. He blitzes like his hair's on fire. That guy's beating the Cowboys, you, and has hung with the Niners. With a bad team. He's not as bad a coach. We just don't like the guy's bedside manner. He's got a Chip Kelly bedside manner about him. Okay? I I agree. But he can coach. That guy's a good coach. His sideline in what he did, how he thought that out, on the spot is not analytics. He put cheese out there and the dumbass eagle, inexperienced coaches, including your head coach, Bit the cheese. As soon as they kicked the field goal, I went, the Cardinals are going to win this because they hadn't punted all day. 
I knew when you kicked the field goal, you were losing to the Cardinals. Now, the only problem that I had was that the Cardinals in the red zone, especially when you had it in the first half, they got down in there and they had to kick field goals. That thing should have been a that thing should have been a 14 to 17 point win for Arizona. Should have been a 14 to 17 point win. But because they're not good. See, the Eagles are good with bad coaching. And you know what happens when you have bad coaching? What happens do you think when your boss puts you in a shitty position? Week after week after week. Week after week after week. Where's you out? I don't understand why Nick is on the payroll. Having a head coach that doesn't call either side of the ball leaves us open to having both coordinators taken away any year we have success. He needs to go. I'll tell you something, Dalton, that the, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Glazers always do. They have no tampering on their coordinators and their assistant coaches down there. You have to because they want compensation. The Glazers have always done it that way. You you can't talk to any of them, and they have non-compete. You, 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 you have to go through the organization, and it protects the organization by not having assistant coaches leaving. And this was under Dungey and under, under John Gruden. Now, I don't know if they still have that with Jason Light, but the Glazers pretty much still do the same kind of operating. There's a lot of organizations that you can't talk to their assistants unless you go through the front office. Okay? Ton it again, man. That was a brilliantly stroked way of winning a game. If they scored, it didn't matter to him. He didn't care. He just didn't, it just, he didn't know what the score was going to be a touchdown or a field goal. Once the field goal was kicked, game was over. I knew the game was over. I said it. I had, I had people in, um, we're watching the game. I go, the Cardinals are winning this. The Cardinals are winning this. He set them up. That onside kick was a setup. You're like this. He didn't get the onside kick. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He saved the clock. He didn't care if they scored. He just didn't want them. He didn't know what the score was going to (laughs) be. Fell right into it. Why didn't they run the ball at least? (laughs) Just run it. Don't throw it. Burn the clock. Make them work timeouts. Dude, their situational play calling is some of the worst on the planet. You know why they don't have a feel for the game? What Gannon did in that moment to win a ball game for the Cardinals, that's nothing to do with analytics. There was nothing analytics about that. That was thinking the process out on the sidelines with in-game adjustments and strategy. That's coaching. That was coaching at its finest. See, when everyone's sitting in the stands going, what a dumb play to go for the onside kick. No. 
I immediately knew what he did. I'm like, that is brilliant. He, he, he thought that process out right there on the spot. Well, if they get the ball, at least they're not going to burn a minute 12 off the clock. They didn't burn anything. And they stopped it with the passes and the kick. There were two built-in timeouts. Don't you see that? Gannon didn't have to waste his timeouts. Why? Well, the Eagles gave him two built-in timeouts, incomplete passes and the kick. That was so well done. I'm starting to think how he doesn't hire inexperience because that's what he likes. Yeah, because he has more control. Warrior, that's the case here. You see, before I bring Tone on, <clears throat> Tone has talked about feel of the game all year long. Look at the numbers. Swift over 1,000, career. Both receivers again over 1,000. Second time in franchise history, you got two guys in the same year going over 1,000 yards. One guy's over 100 catches. You, you, if you looked at it from 30,000 feet, you'd go, Jesus Christ, what a great year offensively. But then when you're in a game like that against a shitty team like Arizona and you see how you're out coaching situational play calling, that's what costs you Jets, Seahawks, and Cardinal games. Is Sirianni a fraud? Look, he's worked his way up to get to a position where he had the opportunity to become a head coach. But I'll make this point right before I, I'm going to get you on here, Tone, in a second here. But Mike Shanahan, he sucked with the Raiders in his first go around. He was terrible. Okay? He was a terrible coach. He learned. Look at Belichick. He was awful in Cleveland. Sometimes... Your first go around, you learn the mistakes and you go back the second time and you're a better coach. And I think that's what will happen with Raheem Morris. By the way, that Rams team, who would have thunk it? How about this? Eagles can't beat the Rams. You can't beat the Rams. How many games have there been we've had the lead? Shit. Probably you've had the lead in almost every ball game. Let me get Tone in here now. He was more afraid of the clock. What's he that? Was more, Gannon was more afraid of the clock than he was Nick Sirianni's team. Think about that. He had a more respect. Team. He had more respect for the clock than he did yes. Nick Sirianni's ability to call that game. Yes. Think about that. Yeah. No. No. He. Tone. You know what? It was funny because I'm listening to everyone talk. Um. And uh -huh. and I was listening to like the announcers, and they go, "Man." And I forget who it was. I think it was Moose Johnson. And they were talking, and he goes, man, I don't know if I go. And I'm like, man, he even missed it. He was more concerned about them burning the clock off and running the clock down on them than he was about the field position because he knew that team could not stop him. Once they kicked the field goal, I swear, Tone, I went, 
the Cardinals got this. They're going to win yeah, this. Yeah, the, the moment the moment the Eagles settle for the field goal, I said to myself, they're losing this game because they haven't proven that they can stop them all day. So why all of a sudden, why all of a sudden would it start now? You know, literally, <clears throat> when Gannon uh, when Gannon kicked the uh, when Gannon had those guys kick the onside kick, I thought to myself, huh, I wonder what he's thinking right now. And part of me was like, I don't know if I would do that because it went over my head in, in real time too. In real time, it went over my head. Full transparency, but in hindsight. Watching everything back, I'm like, oh, he he knew to, he he said to himself, I have more trust in my three, I have more trust in my three and twelve team or three and thirteen team. I have more trust in those guys than I do the Philadelphia Eagles closing this game out because they have failed to close the game out every single game this year. And they they'll have get not, conservative in their play calling at the end because one thing that you say consistently every week, you know what that is? That their situational play calling. Leaves a lot to be desired. Well, and they guess claim, what? They claim that's what they're uh what they pride themselves on. Their Bullshit. forte is not that, not at all, at, at all. all. And it showed in that last drive in the sequence of plays. And I went like this as soon as he kicked that tone. I went, "Holy cow!" If they so, score, he looks at it this way. So if they score, so what? They're not going to score. We'll score two, and we'll try to win it in overtime, or we'll go for two. You know, I, I'm going to make this point to you, Tone. Yeah. If the Eagles would have scored a touchdown instead of a field goal and they went down and scored, I think Gannon would have went for two. I agree 100%. Think about this. First and 20, quarterback draw. Second and 16, quarterback draw. Third and 19, bubble screen to Kenny Gainwell. That was what you – that was what you were – That's you came up with that, right? And to make it even worse, remember, on that third and uh, 19 – they couldn't even get the play in. They had to waste the time out, remember? Jalen Hurst walking to the sideline, I'm like, what's going on? That timeout was part of what made the Cardinals win also. Exactly. It, burned, Ex it stopped exactly. the clock. G Gannon, Gannon made Nick Sirianni. Nick, Nick Sirianni looked like the first-year head coach, and Gannon looked like the experienced one yesterday. I couldn't believe how – I was like this. That guy's beating the Cowboys up, and he's beating the Eagles up. <clears throat> and do, do you agree with me? Tone that um that that score is not a it's 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 a microcosm oh, no, of the no, entire season no. that that score agree, they yeah. should have beat them by seventeen points. The way they were dominating them as far as time of possession, rushing yards, like if you if, if we're keeping if, if we keep it in a hundred, the Cardinals had no problem moving that ball. None. They just you know the the only difference is they had to settle for a field goal and they threw a pick six in the red zone. Other than Two that, they were goals. moving. They right. They were moving. They were moving that ball without fail, without fail. They didn't five and a one. half yards of carry. They didn't punt one time. That's James Con James Conner had James Conner looked like Emmett. He looked like Emmett out yeah, there. Yeah, looked like Emmett. Just just nickel and diamond you all day. Five yards there, eight yards there, four yards there, eight yards there, six yards there. Six. The this team is going to get knocked out in the first round. Like, 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 let's let's be honest about what, what we're watching here. Fandom aside, I love this team as much as the next dude. But when I'm, I'm watching a team that is not mentally or physically ready for the playoffs, they're not ready for the playoffs. They're, they're going to wh whoever they face in the first round. If they don't win it, they're going to push them to the brink. The Cardinals. You let the Cardinals do that. So he wins. So, so that's my point. If you if you allow the Cardinals. To do what they did to you in your home stadium, 
what do I think you're going to do on the road against a better team like the Rams, who's playing better now, like the Buccaneers, who are playing better now? How can I trust you? I have none. How much damage do you think the last two weeks have been on the psyche of this team? I'm I'm willing to say the past three weeks, but to your point, um, I think... I think it's. I think it started with Seattle. I, I like to answer your question directly. It's had, it's had a big, big, big hit on their psyche. Big hit. It's humbled them a lot, and um, I don't think this team has any faith. I'm. I'm almost willing to bet on it now. They have no faith in this game plan. They have no faith in the head coach. I think he's already lost locker room. I think. I, I, I think. I think he lost it. If he had it to begin with, I don't think he ever did. If he had it to begin with, just just to just to lean in on it. If he had it to begin with, he's lost it because there's no way you come in time and time again and you have no answers. You have none. No, because you have, no you have no authority. But even then, though, even beyond the authority in game, right when things are happening in real time. Right, authority and, and all that kind of stuff doesn't even matter in real time. When you're actually playing the game, I don't see a guy who has answers. And then we look at AJ Brown and question why he's not talking to the media. Yep. I'm so glad I'm wrong. Got, I'm, I'm wrong. So, I'm, I'm so glad he set the record straight a little bit with the media. He said, Look, I want you to guys like he even he even said it with a smile. Yeah, he said, I'm wrong. He said, Look, I'm it's not you guys, trust me. It's, it's really not you guys. It's just I just don't have anything to say. You yeah, know what I'm I mean? Wrong. He said he said it with a coke and a smile. <laughs> he said so. You yeah, know, but he's we, basically telling you who it is. He ba- he's basically telling you who it is, because we know he's not talking about Jalen. No, we know he's not talking about him. Who else is he talking about? Jalen didn't play poorly. I don't have a problem with her. Fox. She only had forty. Tony only had forty-seven plays. What the hell do you think he was right. going to do with forty-seven it, plays? Exactly. And um, and Mr. Cataldi laid it out perfectly. Fox did an amazing job panning to AJ Brown after that quarterback draw, quarterback draw bubble screen. The, he, he walked to the saw. He walked. He walked into the sideline. Like, what in the hell are we doing? First and twenty is not a death sentence for this team. No, a first and twenty is not a death sentence for anybody, in my opinion. You nickel and dime it. You get your six yards there. Oh, your six freaking bubble screen. I would really? have had a him take off down the sidelines. He get this, Tony. A year ago, they run an RPO in that situation, and does he not get that first down? Yes. Or gets close to it to where they go for it on fourth. Exactly. And that was my thing. I that's feel like the in thing that that's moment, missing. they're missing the guts. They're missing the instinct. I'm telling you, they made their, the, the moment, the moment they became, the moment that things got the first The moment they paid them. No, not even that. I'm talking, I'm talking about in that game. When Jordan Melada uh, took that penalty oh. and it pushed, and, and it pushed them back first and 20, right? I believe Nick Sirianni and that coach staff made their mind up well before that they were going to kick a field goal. I believe they made their mind up. And that's a problem for me. You were coaching not to lose rather than coaching to win the game. You played to win. He got so conservative and he had the nerve to sit in his press conference and say, well, you know, I felt like that was an aggressive um, play call by us. Uh, by us and, uh, you know, what are you talking about? It's an aggressive dumb play call, though. It's aggressively stupid. Yes. If if you want to call it aggressive, it was aggressively stupid. How you didn't throw the home? ball downfield one time. To, okay, let's, they you know real real quick. So I got to get this off before you say something. They talk all the time 
about the big money guys and you know making sure they put the making sure they put the ball in the big money guys hands all that kind of stuff right where, where was aj brown in that play Devontae smith dallas goddard damn even deandre swift right i would i would have felt i would have felt better if you gave it to him you give it to kenny gainwell on a bubble screen bubble screen then you had Devontae smith block for him are you smoking crack and you got him hurt and you got him hurt and nine times out of ten he's probably going to miss the first playoff game Depending, depending, the giant game for sure. He's definitely missing that. Depending on how severe the sprain is, they said it's mild. We you never know. Well, I'm he's holding already him dealing. out of that. I need him in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm holding him out. I'm I'm holding, I'm holding him out in that game. So they have real issues, and my faith has not been restored, and it can never be restored um, until season end, if if that's even possible. So how about this, dude? So like you just said, a stupid situational play call, and then you turn around, and now that you've thought out and now that you see the thinking process again and on the on the uh onside kick you look at it and you go that guy was on the sideline tone he was strategizing and he was situationally thinking the process through on everything right there and doing in-game adjustments without analytics there was nothing analytics about that that was all the coaching on the sidelines That's why that offense has no feel for the game. And that's none. why you just – you know you know what the Eagles are this year? You just see numbers. They have no feel for the game. None. none. Zero. Those coaches have zero feel. Zero, zero, zero feel for the game. The Cardinals ran the ball 40 times they get through. You thought that was analytics? No, you know Hell what they said? No. They said – That's guts. That's guts. That's – okay. We, the, the Cardinals offensive line, from a talent perspective, isn't even holding the water to the Eagles' Nothing. D-line. To the Eagles D line, but guess what? They probably better. But guess what? They knocked their ass off the ball. How five and a half yards of carry? How did you allow a Cardinals O line to knock you off the ball like that? That's will. That's desire. That's coaching. It's all the above. And you're playing for nothing. And they're and they beat you with no motivation. They beat you with no with with nothing on the line. You know what they beat you with, Tone? A rah rah speech. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. They like basically some, Newt Rockney, Jonathan Gannon, Newt Rockney, them guys into killing you. And also, we were talking about Jonathan Gannon in the offseason as if he's already lost that team. Remember? Remember, we talked about absolutely it. Absolutely. Way wrong. And, and guess we got, could I be way more wrong? I mean, he's, 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 he's got those guys fighting every week. He's motivated. Kyle, I was like this. I'm watching Kyler Murray play, and I went like this. Holy shit. That's 46.1 million bucks right there when he doesn't have. But trash pails to throw to, I couldn't tell. You. Hey, dude, who in the world is Greg Dorch? That's what or I'm saying. Trey McBride. Who are these guys? Who are these guys? This is a problem. This is a problem. And I'm so glad Nick Sirianni said what he said that you know Brian Johnson gets a lot of heat. This is my offense. Great. I'm glad you did that. You you actually you actually made uh, Harry Roseman's job easier. He's not going to be here within the next year and a half. I'm telling you, he's not. Because I don't have I don't I don't have faith in him as a coach. I don't have faith in him as a leader. He just seems like he's always in his, especially in the press conferences. He just seems like a dope. <laughs> like he like like he like, like he, 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 just, he just seems like he's confused all the time. Like he's rambling, trying to find the end. This 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 team knows they smell like him. I told Angelo, yes, he does not have the answers. A lot, but says nothing. He doesn't have the answers. He doesn't. He doesn't. You think and, he's and, coaching for his job these next two games? You know what's funny? You say that. Man, Rob was talking about that um in the in the previous show, uh, Sports Take. We was talking about that. 
and he thinks he is. Rob thinks he is. Rob thinks you know, th- these next two games um, will decide if he's if he's here if he's here beyond this year. Um, I personally feel like they're probably going to give him another year. But here's the thing, though: I'm so I'm hanging on by a thread with that. So you can make an argument. I kind of agree with Rob that it's it all hinges on these next two games. So to your point, I think he is coaching for his job. I if think Todd he is. Taylor beats him, and they got He's coaching for his job for too. Listen, if he loses to the Cardinals, Giants, and Buccaneers Bucks. or who are Bucks, if he loses to those three teams, he's fired. He's fired. But they they invested too much money on that side of the ball for him not to get for him not to get the most out of it. Uh, but 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 they're not taking the blame for this. Of course not. They're going to fire. Of course I, not. And this is why I remember. I don't know if you remember a couple of months ago. I said the most expendable guy. And the guy who does not have the most secure job in that building is Sirianni. You fired a Super Bowl head coach for you know for less. So you mean to tell me Nick Sirianni is safe? Not you saying that, but like Nick Sirianni hasn't even done half of what I was. I was talking about this with um with Rob earlier. I said, look, as of right now, if everything hold, if everything stands pat, in two years as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. Doug Peterson would have won the uh, would have won the division in back to back seasons. Nick Sirianni is just with the Jags. This is his third season with the Philadelphia. This is his third season as a Philadelphia Eagles head coach. And as it stands right now, he's on pace to lose the division. So you mean to tell me uh, Doug Peterson is going to have two division titles? Or you're going to have one? Think about that. I, I I have all year, and it's it's possible now. It's it's possible. So I can't take this coaching staff seriously. Nick Sirianni is on a, you know, the thinnest, the thinnest of thin ice. I promise you. If he loses, if 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 they lose, if they're first round out, matter of fact, if they even lose in the divisional round, I'm telling you. Here's something to think about too. If Sirianni got fired, do you think another head, you think another head football job would be out there for him? I'm so glad you asked me that question because when you and Angela were talking. I was thinking to myself, I think the real question if Nick Sirianni is a good head coach is if he leaves if he leaves the Eagles, who would hire him next? I think that I, I think that's the real question. You think right? someone would hire that guy next? I don't think so. You wanna know why? Because I think I, I think behind closed doors, I think I think in real NFL circles, I think they know he's he he's not really a great head coach. You know, probably a great position coach, you know, a great OC, whatever, or an I assistant. think he's a good position but, coach with a drop back guy like Rivers, but not an RPO yeah. guy. Yeah, he he, he does. He was decent he with do. he was decent with Rivers in Indy. Yeah, yeah, he was even he was even decent with Brissett when they had him for a yes. good amount of time. Yes, um, but again, um, to answer your question directly, I don't think he'll get another head coaching job again. I just don't see the. I, I just there's nothing creative about anything, and you know what there's, they're doing two tone offensively still. They're mm-hmm. running five plays off of ten different alignments and motions and moving around, and it's the same plays. Mm-hmm. They were they're, they're they're even more predictable than they were three months ago. You could sit here for I I sat here from and I'm like it. it it just does. They're it's predictable what they're gonna do. You can see it in their alignment. 
Why aren't you getting Goddard more involved? Why aren't you throwing the ball? Hey, listen, Swift running the ball, great. Jalen Hurts is the better runner than him, and he's the more scarier runner than him. I want Swift to be like McCaffrey more. That's what I want. That is how you help AJ and Devontae become right. more open. What does it do? It makes the backers have to play closer to the line of scrimmage, and you have more of a middle zone open. Mm-hmm. Dude, those guys were playing. I, I'm telling you, Tone, the whole thing on both sides of the ball, the play calling, the situational play calling, the scheme, the 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 way that they have their defensive scheme set up and their offense, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's why, you know, when you look at the defensive side, at least you can say, okay, they don't have the personnel. You can say that, right? But on the offensive side, I think that's a bigger ind- – as, as bad as this defense has been, I think the biggest indictment is on the offense because not much has changed there. You got mo- you got mainly all your same pieces. You got two of the three coaches that pretty much helped – You have, actually, you got three of the four coaches that helped Jalen Hurts get to where he was. You got Nick Sirianni. Kevin Petullo, a guy who flies under the radar heavily and doesn't get talked about enough um, because he's the pass game coordinator. And then um, Brian Johnson, those three guys are still in the building. Only person missing is Shane Steichen. And Jalen Hurts has had this bad of a fall off or this Eagles Eagles offense had this bad of a fall off. That that, that speaks volumes about the coaching staff. Yale says that they they scored 20. I just watched the Ravens put a 56 spot on the, on the Dolphins. On the Dolphins. That's a championship team. You should have put 60 points on that Cardinals team. Easily. 24? You have to understand your opponent. You know, Tone, this is the first time I've ever seen the Eagles play down to their opponent like that, that dramatically, where usually they kill everybody. You know that they played that sucked. Like last year, they annihilated everyone. Mm-hmm. The la- look, look, they played down to the Seattle Seahawks. They played yep. down to the Cardinals, uh, to the Giants Jets, last to week. the Giants. Um, they played down to. Uh, they played down to the Commanders. Oh, um, both twice. Games. Um, they played down to a lot of the competition. But again, that big. But again, that assumes that. That assumes that they're better than what they are. But I think they're exactly who we thought they were, especially on defense. Um, If anything, I think the offense is completely underachieving, and that's the biggest indictment. Nick Sirianni, your offensive head coach, the number one reason guys get fired, and I think you said this, when you can't even take care of your side of the ball. Right. When 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 you can't even make sure your side of the ball is tight. You know, Brandon Staley, he's a defensive guy. His defense oh. was atrocious. Here's here's the difference, and Jimmy Johnson said this on our program. Here's what you have, exactly what's in Philly. You have a guy that likes to put up, and an organization that likes to put up a lot of points and a lot of yards, but not win games. You've lost four or five of the last. By the way, that so-called gauntlet, it broke you. I, I, I would have to agree. It broke them. I would have to agree. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, it broke them. They yeah. are a broken team because you know what happened? Every week became an indictment of who they really were. 
Remember what I said to you two weeks ago? I went like this. If you listen to the players, the players are telling you, we're not playing well. We're not consistent enough. We're not doing this. It became a repetition each and every single week that I'm hearing the same stuff. The players and the coaches were trying to tell us who they were even at 10 and 1. The 49ers. I think they just ran they it they ran out of gas. The 49ers broke their spirit. The Seahawks yep. broke their will. And here's my thing, right? I don't think I don't think this coaching staff has any pool with these players anymore. I think Did the players ever? They had to at some point. They had to at some point. You know, I can't just sit in and have any kind of pull with them. But now I see a team who doesn't believe in the coaches anymore. They don't believe in the message. Um, they don't believe in the game planning and the preparation. They don't believe in the mantras or um, you know, the words that are being spewed to them every day. They don't be- they don't believe in it anymore. So when that happens. How does it materialize on the field? I mean, you played this. You played this game. What does it look like? I'm going to tell you what I think has happened here. I think the highlight of the season was going into Kansas City and getting the win. And after that, it's been pretty much tripping over themselves since Kansas City. That's the highlight of the year: going in, beating the team that has beaten you twice. You lost in the Super Bowl to them. You exhaled, and once they exhaled, every team was gunning for him, waiting for him, and emotionally, sometimes, you know, look at Dallas. Here's a prime example of that, Tone. Dallas beats the shit out of the Eagles. They go into Buffalo and lose. San Francisco beats the shit out of everybody, gets run over by the Ravens. Sometimes you get so high for moments, and you climb that mountain, and when you do, the next week is always a letdown. It's just been letdowns. And they've the the Bills were gathering themselves. The Bills right now, I wouldn't want to play that Bills team. I mean, um, even though they stumbled against Belichick a little bit, he wasn't great. Still, they're going to play for a division title this weekend. Uh, they're going to play for the AFC East. For a team that was 2-5 and five at one time, or whatever they were, 3-5, uh, and five, here they are playing for the AFC East. They're going to win think, it. I think the Bills are going to the AFC Championship. Me too. I think they're going. I think it's Ravens and Bills somehow, or those two teams. The winner of that game, wherever it's in the divisional round, or if it's in the uh, championship game. So if everything holds true, if everything holds true, the Bills um, are the six seed right now. The Bills are the six, and um, the, the the Browns, I believe, are the fifth. Right. The Browns are the fifth right now. Here, here's how it would play out. Dolphins in the wild card round would play the Colts. I think Dolphins beat them. Chiefs play the Bills. I think Bills beat Chiefs. Jags play the Browns, and I think the I think Browns, Browns. I think Browns beat them. So, so, so then in the so then in the divisional round you have Browns versus Ravens. Yes, and then you have. Um, so they can make it to the AFC title game. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. In Baltimore. Yo, listen, don't be surprised. Oh, don't, no, I won't don't be. be don't, don't be surprised if you have a Bills-Browns AFC championship. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns are in the Super Bowl. I mean, Joe Flacco's pulling off a Nick Foles here. 
What would that do to the Deshaun Watson situation? That, that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation, man. That, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> nothing. Because guess why? That would do nothing. The money is locked. Right? The money's locked, locked in. in. You're right. You're hey, right. You're right. You're right. Hey, the the you money's locked in. Want, man. <laughs> that ain't going nowhere. Then you got yourself a Nick Foles and uh, Deshaun Watson. Oh would you God. trade him? Um, would you trade him to the Giants? No one would. No one would I know about this team. I trade him. I trade, trade him, him to Atlanta. I trade him. Would someone pick that contract up? That's the hard part. I think adult team. I think a desperate team would. I think. I think the Falcons would. Can I tell you where what I'm hearing about Russell Wilson? I think Russell Wilson's going to New York Giants. Yo, I was. Who was I? Uh, I think he's going to the. Um, I think he's going to end up probably yeah, I, New Orleans. I was no, not New Orleans. Um, they they're kind of locked into that. Uh car contract i think he's going to giants um because brian table runs that kind of offense josh allen kind of deal now hear me out on this do you think now hear me out on this do you think he could end up in pittsburgh too much money for the roonies fair enough no no now here if he restructured his contract and he rewarded it for the Roonies, and the compensation is not high. Um, then maybe it would it would have to be restructuring of the wording and the contract that could protect because right. he's not going to take any less money. But what he would do for them to be able to move out, he's got to get out of Denver. That that's just not going to work. It's not. It, it makes no sense to be there. And I think Sean Payton is everything wrong with coaching. This thing is a business decision. Even though Stenham won, great, okay, whatever. Still, at the end of the day, you, the, the guy, if you look at his numbers, it's compatible with uh, Patrick Mahomes. He has just the same numbers as Patrick Mahomes this year. Yeah, I, I was kind of shocked. I mean, it's just, it does, um, it, it, he's got like 25 touchdowns and seven picks. I mean, his, his passing numbers are like 3,500, so he's probably 600 behind him. But if you look at his numbers, Tone, He's not been awful. He's been actually a pretty good quarterback this year. And so for them to sit there and say, well, he's not having a good year, that's not correct. Yeah, statistically. That's, that's, that's the yeah. media work in there for Sean Payton. Right, because in the game, they benched, he got benched after the Patriots game. And in that game, he was pretty all right. 25 for 37, 238, two passing touchdowns. He didn't. He didn't. I don't think he turned the ball over, if I'm not no. mistaken. So, I mean, I I don't we eat like the benching. Look at his year okay, numbers. He, okay, he he did fumble twice. But my point is though, um, I didn't think he deserved to be benched at all. Look at his numbers. Look at his it's, year it's, numbers. It's clearly a business decision. It's not about it's not about you know what's best for the right now because they're already eliminated from the playoffs. Let me let me circle this back here now that we're talking about coaching and affecting and infecting a player. How much of the damage do you think the organization has done on Jalen Hurts' progression and progress this year? Um, they've done enough damage to the point where he is where he is in terms of protecting the ball. Um, they've affected his they've affected him with the dysfunction, they've affected him with the lack of evolution with the offense. Um, I think they have, I think they have thrown, um, a speed bump, you know, into his overall development. Now, what I will say is this though, 
He's not too far gone. He's nowhere near far gone, in my opinion. I think he can definitely be, for lack of better terms, repaired. You know what I mean? Because I don't. Think I don't think. I, I, I don't. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think he's broken. I think at it's all, more about direction, tone instead yeah, of yeah, and, and philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I think. Yeah, I, it's more I, direction. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he just needs better direction. Um, because every no matter how good you are of a quarterback, you need you need quality coaching around you. How about you need this? Somebody, you need somebody you trust. So I, I think I think they have I think they have hurt him for sure. But they can now 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 it goes back to the question: What's more important to you, um, Harry Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie? Do you want to make sure your quarterback is as good as he can be, or do you care more about your control? It's going to always come back to that: control or winning, control or winning. Control will always supersede. It's a shame. It's here, a shame. here, I want to show you something here. And Jalen Hurts right now mm -hmm. is at 3803. He's 197 away from 4,000. He's got 23 touchdowns, 14 picks. And again, I know he's different, just like Lamar's different. Lamar had five touchdowns, by the way. He's he completely is. wrapped that thing up. That thing's <laughs> over with. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, you know what he's going to become? He's going to become the first NFL player to win the Heisman Trophy and two MVP awards before the age of 26. If they win the Super Bowl, you might as well put him in the whole thing. Two teams made legitimate offers for him, too. If let me ask you this: if, if Lamar Jackson won, if Lamar Jackson wins the MVP, right? And he wins Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP, is he so far a whole Hall of Famer? I'm not. I'm not going to put a ballot on it yet. But is he a Hall of Famer? Two MVPs, uh, a Heisman, man, um, a Super Bowl win, a Super Bowl MVP at age 26. Is he a Hall of Famer with, with the Baltimore Ravens? Do you think? Here, let me answer this with this. You think Mahomes is right now at 26? Is Mahomes a Hall of Famer? 28, whatever he is. Yeah, I think Mahomes is a Hall of Famer. Already, he well, Mahomes could retire today and he'd be a Hall of Famer. I I I think he's right. I I just think there's not a lot, and he's seventy percent win percentage. I mean, he's got the best record in the game again, like he did in his MVP season. Remember, they went fourteen and two. I think it was mm -hmm. that season. 
So now he's on pace to do some shit like that and win another 14-win season again. Yep. That's pretty yep. crazy. I'm going to show you something here just to show you. And I know, again, it's different. Hertz is rushing in that, and I, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to talk about the optics and how organizations and how even the Eagle organization looks at the passing. Don't you agree that they put more stock in the passing game in Philly now than they do in their run game? Yes. That's counter. That's counterproductive. It's counterintuitive to how you're built. Completely. You're you're going against the personnel on how you've built your own team. You know. What Think they, about you know, that. You know what they've done? They 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 invest in these pieces. And then they try to turn the pieces into something else. And it's like, no, you bought this. You bought this because it does this very well. You're not happy with what you bought. All the time it appears that way. All the time. Let me show you this. Hertz is at 522, um, 522 right now, attempts, 345 completion, 66 6, 3803, 23 touchdowns, 14 picks, high, 91 quarterback. Not horrible. But I'm going to show you something here. Here's Jordan Love, 547, 345 attempts or completions, same as Hurts, 63-1 in a young team. He's thrown for more yards, 38-43, and he's thrown for seven more touchdowns and three less picks with Mm -hmm. 30 touchdowns and 11 picks with a 93-8. Jordan Love has had a better passing season than Jalen Hurts. Look at C.J. Stroud. He's a he's a young guy, 63-2. I would expect that. 473, 300 completions, 21 touchdowns, only two behind Hurts, mm-hmm. but with five picks. 99 quarterback rating. The turnovers look, are damning for Hurts. Look at look at here. Look at Mayfield. Damning. Look at Mayfield here. Check it out. 534. And I'm gonna make a point here. 344, 64-4, almost 4,000 passing yards. He's got five more TDs, four less picks. Baker Mayfield's had a better passing season than Jalen Hurts. How mm-hmm. is that possible? Better coaching. I agree. I think the that's the coaching common... around these guys. That's, are the common better. De- that's the common denominator. And, and, and they're also surrounded by guys who are no nonsense. Todd right. Bowles, no nonsense. They'll tell you to um, sit down. D'Amico Ryan's, no nonsense. Uh, what's the other quarterback you mentioned? Um, uh, shit, Todd Bowles will tell you to sit your ass down. He's exactly, one of them guys. exactly. So like, there, there is a, there's an authoritarian figure, right? And I, and I, I think the worst thing they did for Jalen Hurts or to Jalen Hurts was allowing Brian Johnson to be the OC. They're too familiar. They're too familiar, and familiarity breeds contempt. Sometimes, sometimes when you're too close to someone, the message doesn't get across as well because you're you're too close. They should have. They, they should have brought somebody in there that that was nice. That was not close. That did not, not know him. No, no relationship. That's going to come in there and say, "Listen, this is what this is what we're going to do. My goal is to maximize you and bring the best out of your ability, not be your friend." And that you know, was the difference between last year with Shane Steichen and now, and also the difference between Carson Wentz when he had John D. Filippo and Frank Reich versus the other guys that came in that tried to teach. Me, let me make a point to you here on how you coach people. This, this stuff about player coach and the players respect and like, I, dude, Mike Tomlin is not a player's coach. Players Mike respect Tomlin results. Is a winning coach. Correct. Who puts you in your position and in your place? And you know what they are? They respect that. 
I would rather be respected than loved as a coach. Agreed. Because to me, the love is fleeting. Yes. Coaching and coaching people hard, that's what you do for a living. That's who you are. Whether you like me or not, or have any, I don't give a shit about that. I care when I tell you to do something, I'm telling you because I'm doing this in the best interest of you, me, and the team. Not whether you like me or not. That has no bearing on coaching. Hell, Tone, that has no bearing really on fathering or being a parent also. Has nothing to do with it. Plenty of times where my dad was not my favorite person. And my dad used to tell me all the time, listen, better I tell you than, you know, than the streets tell you. You know what I'm saying? So hey, that that famous hey, movie with Denzel. Hey, you better worry about people doing right by you. They're, they're, yeah, they're liking, liking you. you. Right. Yes. Yes. He said, "Why don't you like me?" He said, "I like you. <laughs> like you. I feed you. you I, I, I feed you. You you wear my clothes. You sleep in my house. Sleep in my bed. You worry about me liking you. Think about that. That's how Tomlin coaches that team. Yes. Because he, you're my responsibility. You're my responsibility. They drafted you. They paid you." You're my responsibility to put you in a position to win. Whether you like it or not, I don't give a shit. I care that you understand. I'm not doing this to piss you off, son. I'm doing this to make us a better team. This is bigger than you. Remember he says that? This is bigger than you. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if at this point, like Nick Sirianni at this point, right, especially watching his press conferences, that he looks like this is him every day in the office. This, this is him every day in the office. <laughs> Just looking around, playing with his damn stapler. You know, he just he, he looks like a guy that's hanging on for dear life. I'm gonna t- get this, and, I, and I'm telling you, I'm gonna make not, a point. He, he I'm gonna last. make this too about a guy like Sirianni's got a, like a almost a 700 win percentage, and he's thinking that there could be some cat calls about hot seat in his job. When you're a coach that has won the amount of games that he's won, you don't worry about that because what happens is you start worrying about that shit, you're not really a head coach. You think Bill Belichick's worried about his job? No. You no, think Mike Tomlin's worried about his job? But there, There's calls for those two. Right, right, right. But, the, but the difference is, though, though, you named two guys that got real equity in this game. Real equity. Oh, so Nick doesn't have real equity. No. What has he done? He went to a Super Bowl, Tom. A lot of people have. Oh. <laughs> a lot of people have. Uh, what's the accountability for Howie Roseman in this mess? Um, he has to wear it. You hired these people. You you've empowered these people. Um, and this is this is where things get funny because it begs the question: Who's really at fault for the offensive? and defensive philosophies, right? Because we know this team relies heavily on the analytics. So I look at Harry Roseman like, dog, like you have – I said this to Rob. I don't need no person in a suit and tie like with a damn pocket protector telling me what plays to call. I don't need that in my life. So – You got I some Rose- people with protractors? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got stuff. Listen, I got something. I I got something against people who think they know what's going on when in reality they they don't. You know, I have I have a thing against people who um 
pretend like there's only one way to approach a situation. And so far, the Eagles are moving like analytics is the end all be all, like it's the Bible. And it's not. It's not. You need feel. This is football. Football. Like, like you, there's this, this feel required to play this sport, to understand it, to make the right decisions. And right now, right now, the Eagles don't look like they're being led properly from a coaching perspective. And ownership. Coaching? I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Or, I'm struggling. Or organizationally? Well, like. top to bottom. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Ownership and front office leadership likely isn't changing. So I'm trying to I'm trying to more so wrap my mind around the things that Wilch that could that can change. And my my biggest fear is my biggest fear is that this coaching I'm sorry, not, not the coaching staff. My biggest fear is Harry Roseman and Jeffrey Lorry don't understand the error in their ways. That's my biggest fear. My friends, I'm gonna have to give Tone the bad news here. <laughs> Tone, I told you a couple weeks ago this team was trending to be a five-win football team in two years. Oh, man, I'll say that, man. And I'm going to tell you, how's my how's my take coming along? About the five-win team? In two years. If here's Can't the thing. lose the three-win teams in a stretch run when home field advantage yeah. in the East and, is still on the line. And, and also, if, if, I, if I actually have – And you've lost four or five. Right, and if I and, and if I have Nick Sirianni likely being fired within the next year and a half, you can't be a winning team if that's the case. So, but you're going to hire the same guy. I miss Doug, man. <laughs> Doug, Doug was a man. Doug was a man. Hey, Tone, we agree now. They they it was more important for them, Doug Peterson. Being out of that locker room and out of that organization gives the equity with the fans of that Super Bowl for them to be able to do this stuff and how they can. I'm telling you, that game, I thought about it right after the Cardinal game. I said, this is a great example of what the record was and what that game was. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, that was a 17-point win. If the Cardinals did the things right in the red zone early in the game, they should have beat them by 17. That thing shouldn't have been close. And the record at 10-1 and was a complete charade. Then when they started playing against some really good teams, the really good teams, guess what they did? They beat them up so bad emotionally, you're starting to lose the shitty teams. Think about this, which means this, Tone. No one respects you. No one. Jonathan Gannon's kicking onside kicks with two minutes left in a game with a three-win team, knowing full well he's going to beat you because you're going to fall into the – that's no – they don't have respect for that team right now. The teams they're playing, Nick Bose is calling them out. They're predictable. Everyone, they're not – and then here, I'd like to see Jalen Hurts more assertive. Means, yes. Come on, dog. Yes. Um, Let's go here, man. You got to start stepping up here, man. Because you know why? You like can't in that moment, the ship here. Like in that moment with the with the quarterback, with the back to back quarterback draws in the bubble screen. Jalen, when you saw the bubble screen, when you saw when you saw the uh, the bubble second quarterback, screen. when you saw the second quarterback draw being called, why didn't you? Why didn't you audible out of that? You knew that shit was not going to work. 
You knew it wasn't going to work. You knew it. And, you know, and the thing is, like, I understand what Jalen is trying to do. Do I agree with it? No. But I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to tilt the company line. He's trying not to add more fuel to a fire that's burning out of control. He's trying, he's trying to be, you know, buttoned up and not call out coaching and appear disgruntled. And I, I understand what he's trying to do in theory, but in my humble opinion, there comes a point in time where you got to say, look, Nick, get your shit together or I'm going to make a phone call or go upstairs because this is not working. It's not working. I wonder, like, it's one thing for something not to work. It's a whole other thing when you try to force people to do it and they know it doesn't work and you expect them to give 100, 110%. How can how much faith do you have in your leadership to give you uh, – how, how much faith do you have in your employees to give you 100, 100% max effort if they don't believe in what you're telling them to do? You how quit, can you do that? You quit quicker. You quit quicker. The, the first sign of dysfunction, you quit quicker. Quit quicker. I'm going to give you a point here. <clears throat> and the same thing that Jimmy Johnson had at Miami, he put to the Cowboys. He had a system and a way of doing business and the way of we practiced and did everything. And it was a blind faith that we had in him. And it was a culture in the building. We knew if we had, we put our head down, we worked our asses off, we were going to win a boatload of games. And he, we did. And he won Super Bowls. I got to Tampa Bay. I have never been on a football field with this happening. So we're playing against the Bears. And Tone, within a as soon as the Bears get the lead, within a matter of 18 plays, the team quit. Mm. I have ne I, I've never seen anything like it. It was like a culture. And you didn't believe what they were doing and the system and the defense they were but running. At what point did you know, like, what, like, but what I got, changed? I got, here's something happened to me. I got caught up in it. Mm. And I turned around and looked. I mean, I never played nose, but I got caught up. Before you know it, we're all playing bad. Good players who had a lot of great potential got swallowed up in a shitty organization, in a shitty system with shitty coaches. And you can ruin people like that. How many careers are how many careers oh. are careers are made? Um like where you go or broken or broken just based on where you go. Oh half the draft. It's insane. You if you like let's just say, for remember Fred Warner was a third round pick. Can, can you imagine him ending up in just the wrong situation? Carolina or Chicago. Just imagine uh, ask Roquan. Hey, Roquan had to get out of Chicago. Right. Man, I, you know, Sills, I look at this. I look at this Philadelphia Eagles team as that's why the players have quit the last month. As a team that's, they know they don't have the right people in place. They know. They know. They know. They know, they know it. And when you know something like that, and you like, what do you think? Let me, let me ask you this question. Like honestly, like, what do you generally believe is going through Nick Sirianni's mind right now? If if you had to put yourself in his mind, what do you think he's think? What well, what do you think is on his mind right now? He's concerned that the players don't believe him. Mm. And I'll tell you flat out, 
how how he knows this has always been something in the back of his head. And it's always been something because here, the players on the Eagle roster are more accomplished than the coaching staff. That I mean, how many great football teams where you look at your players and like you say, they win in spite of their guys? The players are more accomplished than, I mean, Stoutland, obviously, but the rest of those guys, I mean, you could look at Patricia. Patricia went for the ride, in my opinion, went for the ride um, up in New England. How many of those assistant coaches have really gone on to do anything anywhere? Very few. That's a good point. So I would say this to you. I go, those players know once the first sign, and this is what I'm saying about quit and quick. When the first sign of trouble came, the ship took on a ton of water. And they're 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 bailing, but they're getting tired of bailing the ship now. What's the first sign? What's the first sign from a head coach that you notice? When or like, you, can you play this game for a long time? What's the first sign do players notice from a coach when they feel like he doesn't have the answers? What's they the first start sign? Lying publicly. Mm. Quick um, positions. Ten and one team. You're changing out a coordinator, and you you wanted the impression to make it look at this. You used the giant game to try to make Patricia look better of a move when it didn't. Right, it exposed. It actually made it look more of a foolish. Made, made it look more of a foolish move. It was premature. Yeah, look, look what you did when you put the, the Bradbury in that position to have that touchdown pass by that rookie catch it back in the end zone. Right, and the Seahawks, yeah, it's. And so what you they, you see, you know when you when you're doing things that don't make sense to players, you see. Again, it's so much blind faith, that you have to believe. I mean. Tone, when you get a guy, hey, we're going to win. We're going to win. Can you imagine this? Coach Johnson's 1-15. Nobody in the building, they wanted him to change his defense. You know what he said? No way. We're running a 43. We are going to stick to this thing here. We're not going to a 34. Absolutely not. He believed the pressure with his four down linemen. He said, no, we are not changing this process. He built that defense, and he built that team into winning three titles in five years. And I'm telling you, it's conviction. It's one guy in charge. It's a guy with the authority in the locker room. I'm going to tell you this, man. Tone, I've never been around a man. That guy who's crying now on TV and shit, that ain't the same dude. Because that guy who walked around the locker room, you feared, Troy Aikman will tell you, you feared for your job. Mm. Every day, you you don't fear for your job in, in Philly. Because you know why? They're Howie's boys. Like, Nick's not going to fire. Like, look, what's the, what was Derek Barnett doing on the team the last two years? Exactly. Honestly, what's what's worse? Hey, how about this? Here's a better one. What is Rashad Penny doing on the team? They activated him and didn't even play him. What was, what was, what, what was how is that? What coach activates players for a game that you're in the stretch run to try to win home field? And you you could have ran that ball. Why didn't you run the ball 50 times? Why didn't you run the ball 50 times? You're one of the worst runs. Oh, shit, man. They couldn't. They ran, they only rushed for 91 yards. The players are starting to quit, Tone. I'm watching it. I think so, too. They're starting to quit. 
Um, did you did you see Jason Kelsey's um, post game press conference? I did. He's frustrated. He, he's he looks he looks like he looks like a guy that's hanging on by a thread. Hey, Tush pushes over with when he retires. Oh yeah, there's no way they keep it up. But you know, like he 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 looks he looks defeated. He looks like he 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 looks like he knows he knows they're better than this, and he's trying his hardest not to throw anybody under the bus, man. He's trying his hardest. You can tell. See what Jason Kel- in the kitchen. Listen, what Jason Kelsey's doing right now, AJ Brown refuses to do. He refuses to go out there and just pretend like hey things are just he he refuses to sit there because like uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a good liar. I'm not. I'm not so, either. So typically, what I feel, how I feel about something, you know it on my face. You you know, my, my wife is like, I'm not, I'm not a good liar. So I understand AJ Brown and what he's doing. Why I put myself in a situation where I could say something very, very dangerous and put this team in a worse situation where I, I, I'd much rather take the heat for not talking than saying the wrong thing. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. It's just that it's just that simple. And I, I ain't even mad at him. Where's Jordan Davis? Where is JD? Where's Jordan Davis? Where's Jalen Carter? Where's Fletcher Cox in, in, in run stopping? And Fletcher Cox, all things considered, is having a decent season, all things considered. But JD, where are you? You know, at the end of the game, you're talking about what's what's acceptable, what's not what's unacceptable. Where are you? You know what I mean? You guys, you guys are getting blown off the ball week after week after week. Do it, it's either either it's a t- I refuse to believe on the D line. It's a talent issue. I refuse to believe that. So either it's a either it's will it's a depth issue. Either it's motivation unrelated, depth related, it's or, depth. or 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 you don't believe in what you're being told anymore. It's depth. They're out of, there's no help. Mm. There's no hey. One thing has become very clear. Linville Joseph and Adamic Kinsu were a major huge, part of last year's defensive line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, they just seem gassed on the line. They're not getting the same push. They're, they're gassed not gassed on the edges. They, they can't even get off the block. Like as soon as what they are you get dropping, what do you? Here, here, here's two. I already, I already know, I already know what you're, where you're going with this. Here's two situational <laughs> things that to me make no sense on how you're using your star players. Mm-hmm. Instead of having Devonte Smith block for Kenny Gainwell, why don't you have Kenny Gainwell block? For Devontae Smith in open space. And secondly, what are you doing? Sims, dropping Sims. That's, too, again? that's too simple. What do, you, what do you mean? That's too easy. Who do you want the ball in the hands of more? Kenny Gainwell or Devontae in open space? Come on, man. With this love affair with this Kenny Gainwell guy, he's the weakest guy in the huddle. Agreed. Why are you doing that? And then you're going to have a guy on Third and 19. Block. Okay, I don't have a problem if you're going to go with that kind of style of play, but have Gainwell block mm-hmm. for Devontae. Not Devontae. Or have Bullock. What or, the hell are you doing? Get you said, you planning to do it. You send the smallest guy, your most valuable guy to, to a block. A thousand-yard receiver. That'd be like sending hmm. Tyree Kill. Out to block for your run run game. Really? I'm not sending him anywhere near the run game. Dude, as a matter of fact, if you want to take the playoff, go ahead. That's I'm like having in a position to block. That's, 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 that's like having Keenan Allen block for Austin Eckler. 
on a big on, on a big third down. Like, why? Why would I ever do that? I'm going to I'm going to Austin. I'm going to um hey, how about now? it's situational play calling and it's talent related situations on how they're not using their talent correctly. The problem, hey, the biggest but it's, it seems so easy, Sills. The why do they make it look so hard? That the Eagles have versus other defenses is Goddard. There's not enough good yes. linebackers in the league to cover tight ends. That's why they're an essential part of how teams move the chains. Everybody has one of these guys because the linebacker position is not a deep position across the league. So going to the numbers with the Y and Z, you're playing into the strengths of other teams. Mm -hmm. Go to the tight end. Let me tell you, you really think Arizona had linebackers that could cover him? No, absolutely not. They, they struggled. They they struggled on Goddard. But the but the fact of the matter is, this coaching staff and they got away from him. They want to make it. They they want to overcomplicate the, the, this. This shit is not complicated. Sills. They make it look comp. They make football look like a complicated sport. And it's and I'm not I'm not diminishing the game, but like it's not a complicated sport in it's my tackling opinion. Tackling and hitting. Yeah. Tackling, hitting, execution. Like it's 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 not the most complicated sport, but they make it seem like if I, got AJ, if I got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas got a uh, DeAndre Swift. If I got those four players, I better make it to a, a conference championship game at least. I'm yep. Super Bowl or bust, baby. I'm Super hey, Bowl or bust. Well, that uh that hey, the money that I'm paying. Dude, I mean, look at the money you're paying on offense. You're paying, that's, let me see. That's what I'm saying. Hey, next year you're going to be paying 54 quarterback, 24 receiver. There's 70. Mm -hmm. Your two tackles are 30 apiece. Mm -hmm. There's 100 million. You got to do something with uh, Smitty, and you got to do something with Landon Dickerson. So you're talking north of $140 million that you have on that side of the ball. Plus your tight end Goddard makes $15 million. You're talking about $125 million that you have money spent on that side of the ball. And I'll tell you what, you get you're losing to teams like the Cardinals, and you get bounced by the Giants, and then you get knocked out by the Bucs. Boy, I'll tell you something, man. I, I I'd be, I'd have a conversation not with the head coach. I'd have a conversation with the general manager. What's going on here? But you see, they're they're linked at the seams here, and they're gonna blame the coaches because you know why? The kids involved in the the kids involved in the uh, analytics and preparing the team also. The worst thing Sirianni could have did was go out there on Front Street and say, "This is my offense. This is my offense." That's the worst thing he could have did. You better not. Yeah, he he owned the wrong that's, thing. That's the worst thing he could have did. It's the worst. Absolutely. Thing he did. I mean, Tone, what they're doing right now is they're looking here. They're looking for lifeboats. Absolutely. They're in a position right now with two games left, playoff game, and the Giant game. Right. I'm going to tell you, if these things don't look good, you're going to see people looking for lifeboats. I agree. Because you know, this is how they operate. I think it's going to be so important for Jalen Hurts to put his foot down this offseason. It's going to be so important. For what? You said for you said for what? Yeah, for what? I mean, like for a head for like a head coach, a coordinator, what? What do you think he's gonna how high will he go? How high will he go up the ladder for changes? You know, he's got a great agency. 
Clutch could be the bad guy here for that. And right. he could sit back. Clutch is not going to be shy about this because exactly, exactly. Clutch is, yes. You hire Clutch and guys like uh, Drew Rosenhaus to be dicks. Listen, you listen. You want to listen. You want to take out a shark. You got to make sure you hire a shark. You bet. You get what I'm saying. So, and, and, and that's where Jalen Hurts is right now. He's 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 in he's in bed with sharks. And best believe, come to off season because you know that contract starts this year or starts next season. Well, yeah, it's upcoming next. Well, 2024 no, season no, March seventeenth. That contract so, kicks in. So. Best believe, best believe when it's all said and done, he's going to have some people talking to Howard. Yo, what's the game plan here? Because my client is not satisfied with the direction of this offense, the direction of, you know, the coaching staff. What's the game plan here? You guys didn't do a good enough job putting him in position. You know, we have an MVP caliber talent here, and you guys aren't living up to your, your end of the bargain. It's, 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 going, it's going to get real interesting. And it's, I'm telling you, this offseason is going to be entertaining. It's going to be very entertaining. All right, I'm let's take you. a quick time out before um, Gary Cobb jumps on with us here. So. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Hey, Tone, real good stuff, man. I appreciate it. Guys, please hit the yes, like sir. button. Gary Cobb's going to join us. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things, Christmas is near, gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
L.E.S. Eagles. Big Sales National Football Show. Andrew was on with us earlier, and he thinks that Nick Sirianni's coaching for his job these next two games. Um, you lose to a three-win football team. Jonathan Gannon out coaches you. Um, is it true? Do you think that organization would fire the highest win percentage coach if this thing continues to take on water and go down the way it is? That was an absolute train wreck of a game. You're in a playoff run. You're still going for home field advantage. You're playing for the NFC East. And you lose to a team like the Cardinals. Three wins. Three wins. And Jonathan Gannon is out coaching you. Crazy. Let's bring in Fox 29 and former Eagle himself, our friend Gary Cobb. Happy New Year to you, um, Gary. I mean. Is it happy? <laughs> um, Boy, I'll tell you something. If you're the Cowboys and the 49ers in the NFC side and you're watching what's going on in Philadelphia, you're happy. But if That's you're right. in Philly, you are not happy with what you're watching. Yeah, in well, your you opinion, know the Gary, thing. In your the opinion, thing. your takeaway from what you saw yesterday and just some of the things that jumped out from you after that game. Well, you know, um, guys not getting off blocks. See, no passion in their play. The, um, you know, poor linebacker play, poor poor play on the defensive line, too. I mean, uh, the whole design of playing against the run where you attack the blocker and then get off the block, you know, to make plays. Um and, and then, then to see that go on the whole game where you don't see anybody mad. Somebody push somebody something, you know, uh, at least show some anger or something. You just saw a team just half asleep. The defense, I mean, you know, I, you know, I hear some of the people talking about Jalen Hurts. This wasn't about Jalen Hurts. No way. Defense is horrible. I mean. And then, then really, you got to indict everybody because if imagine if you're Sean, Sean Desai sitting up there in that box. I mean, you're going, you know, they fired me. They took my job. And, you know, that was just pathetic. Um, and I think it's a case where um, they really didn't do a good job at the beginning of the season in teaching how to stop the run. You know, and, and and the linebackers. Uh, I I don't know if some of the guys know what they're supposed to do. I you know I, I don't think it was a good coaching job, whatever, because some of this has been happening all year, and you know you need to come out of training camp with guys knowing how we attack the run. This is what we do, you know, and um, depending on the defense, what hole you got, but you got to get guys getting to the ball. But I didn't see any passion. At least you got to have a coach on the sideline going crazy or somebody, you know, to make guys play harder. And I mean, it was, it was totally, um, it was, it was ugly, man. I mean, and with so much on the line, 
Cardinals have nothing to play for. Nothing. How could that team be playing where don't you have anybody on the team that gets angry? Everybody's nice. Oh, yeah, that's another seven yards, six, you know, <laughs> guys help help them up. Gary, I want to show you something in that yeah. game that just shows you the incompetence of what we're watching on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. You know, when it makes sense now, when Jonathan Gannon went for the onside kick, he, they're sitting on the sideline, rationalized out. I'm going to, I'm not going to kick it so that the Eagles can run the clock out. If they score, we're going to score. They didn't punt yesterday to Cardinals. They did they not never punt the punted. They knew. I said this, Gary, and I, when I said it to Angelo and Tone earlier, and I go, if that team kicks a field goal, the Cardinals are going to win. And sure enough, they, they, they tightened up in their play calling again. Gannon had no respect for any of the coaches on the sidelines because he knew they'd get conservative. Mm -hmm. They fall back. Kyler Murray goes right down the field, and they beat him. I got to tell you something, Gary. I, I, I said a lot of things about Jonathan Gannon, but, dude, he's blitzing like his hair's on fire. I know. I mean, he's doing things there that are not analytics or more coaching going on. I think it really exposes the fact that there's a lot of people that are involved in the game day preparation of that team, and I think there's too many chefs in the kitchen that are trying to get their point across, and it's interfering with the success of the team. Is that fair? Well, you know, I, I, I'll tell you this. I, I definitely know that um, Sirianni has a hand in – well, I don't know if it's just Sirianni. I, maybe all the way up uh, up top where, where there are uh, – The owner's kid. Where, where they where they want to kind of try to have a hand on what they're doing. So you got a team where um, you don't want to be too aggressive, you know, because you can see that uh, Gannon, for him, him blitzing – and he he didn't do very much at all when he was here, so you can see that that wasn't really him. See, so um, you got to be more aggressive. I mean, there's an aggressive. You can't let somebody run the ball down your throat like that. And and the fact that they did that, you know, other teams are going to come in and try it. Why not? Two twenty eight. Now you got Barkley coming. You, you know, you got to go play Barkley this weekend. Yeah. And the NFC East is still on the line. Garrett, that team is one of the worst teams in the league, and they got five and a half yards of pop running I the know. ball on the Eagles. Totally, you know, it, it, it really um, – I mean, it's just pathetic. And and, and uh, it really says to me, though, that they didn't teach – and, you know, they do so little hitting and everything. But you teach guys, okay, this is the way we stop the run. You know, where you got guys that know what they're supposed to do. This is what I'm the way I'm supposed to attack, attack a block. You know, I attack the block. I get off the block. I make the tackle. I mean, you know, and I attack the line of scrimmage. My goodness. But I, I just don't see um, that was that was just miserable. I mean, the whole game and nobody's fighting. What, what kind of, you know, I'm going like nobody angry. You know, these guys are running the ball down our throats. Nobody even pushed one of the guys on the other team. <laughs> I mean, somebody get up angry or something. You know, you got to have, you got, and, and you know what, that's, what that says to me is 
clearly they, they, they don't have coaches that can get the players' attention. I mean, you know, you, you got to get more than that where there's, nobody was, like everybody was getting up, you know, they just gained another six yards. Hey, help him up. Hey, help him up. What, what are you doing? I mean. I'm kicking him. I'm not helping his ass up, man. Hey, no anger. At least somebody get angry. You know, like, if somebody is, you're in a boxing man, guy is whooping your behind. Kick him or something. At least I'm not shaking his hand if he's kicking no. my, hey, thanks, great fight. <laughs> that ain't happening, man. I'm walking I mean, out of the ring with my tail between my head, but I ain't shaking anything. Did you head. see anybody angry? I didn't see anybody angry at all on the whole defense. What is going on? Uh, so, and, and that indicts the coaches. That indicts everybody because I know the coaches I play for. You come to the sideline, man, they're, all, they're spitting in your... <laughs> Gary, are they soft? They're soft, man. They are. That's a. This is a soft group, and you know, uh, at times I'm sitting. You know, I've heard other people say things, and somebody starts talking about the offense. Look, the offense didn't play perfect, but you're gonna have a defense get whooped. I mean, they only had 47 plays, Gary. Some yards. Gary, get this: the Cardinals ran 72 plays at them. That's right. Dominated. I mean, you got guys and there's no fight. I'm, I'm going like, if I'm the coach, I am losing it. I'm losing it at my coaches. Hey, we got to have fighters. Part of football is fighting. It's organized fight. At least show me somebody that's fighting. I'm looking around. I'm going like, hey, kick the guy. When you get up, hey, trip him. I mean, what are you doing? I mean, nobody's angry. These guys are taking away our season. And nobody's angry. I didn't see anybody angry. I guess they got on the plane. Wait, let me help uh, Let me help you guys on the plane. What, what, hey, 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 what is Jerry, going on? Do you, let me ask you this. Angelo believes that he was on earlier. He believes that Sirianni, these next two games, could potentially be coaching for his job. If they lose, if they lose to the Giants and they get bounced by the say the Bucks in the opening round, do you think that organization is that enough? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think that. Because would the, they fire the coaching staff? I mean, the the the, uh, the whole change in coaching. You know that had to come up from up top too. Come oh on. yeah, the coaching. Nick Suriani by himself didn't decide that he was going to no. you know, can Sean decide. No. And and really what it shows, see, in doing that, you know, uh, I don't know. You know, usually a good, a good defensive coordinator, I mean, he, he's got to have something to get his guys going, you know. And, and nobody had that. Nobody could get the – I mean – they you had to be going crazy. And I don't understand how nobody gets angry and everything where you start going. You guys are not running the ball on us. But I, I didn't see any of that. I, I mean, and uh, to have that happen, I'm wondering about, I mean, you could see, like, I, I could see Kelsey. He was talking after the game. Dude was angry. He, he was holding it in. You got to have that. You got to have some of that. On your defense, 
You got to have guys that get angry. This is personal. You are embarrassing me. Come on, man. Aren't you mad? I mean, I, I don't know. So I don't know what's going on with the coaching. Or I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give you something on coaching on what you just said. Let's, let's play a game here. Can you imagine if a team that Mike Tomlin coached had an effort like that and what he'd be saying at the podium or even on the sidelines to his guys, wouldn't he hold those guys? How come the head coach doesn't hold his players accountable publicly? And uh, he's got equity. 11 months ago, he just went to a freaking Super Bowl. It's That's not right. like he doesn't have some equity. Best win percentage in the history of the franchise so far in his coaching career. Why doesn't he put these players on blast instead of coddling them? I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I'm going to start calling people out. I'm not going into the, 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 the press conference after the game. I don't say nobody's name. What? <laughs> such and such. I'm, I'm calling out the guys. That is the effort. And I'm getting in their face during the game. What is going on? I mean, you got to play. I mean, football, especially defensively, it's got to be played with some passion. You can't just be out there just a lot of guys. The, the dude that's blocking me is not my friend, okay? <laughs> he's, trying to take, he's trying to take money out of your pocket. Come on. He's trying to put you on the unemployment line, okay? Yeah. This guy is not my friend, okay? Now, I'm not going to say what I'm doing, but, hey, I might kick him in, you know, you know yeah. where, hey, if that's what I got to do, look. Hey, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna look like Draymond Green out there. <laughs> hey, hey, they, and some of these guys are gonna go on unemployment line, and and those guys put them on it. But I, I've never seen a guy guys so nice, man. I'm telling you what, <laughs> this is the nicest group because I didn't see anybody mad or anything. Hey, with, that's a bunch of good fellas. <laughs> hey, 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 Gary. The Eagle defense, a bunch of nice fellows. That's 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 all I could say. How about hey. this, Gary? The last three weeks, how much damage do you think all that BS with the changing of the coordinator and all the stuff that's gone on, all the whatever, excuse making, how much damage do you think that that has had on the psyche of the team? Well, I, I think it's bad, but, you know um, – you got to be a pro. I get it. You, I mean, you, you know, some of this, it, it really, I indict everybody. I mean, as a personal play, I mean, as a player, uh, and it says something about the leadership of, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm, I'm not really, you know, I see fight on the offensive side. I see fighters. I don't see any fight, man. If you're on that team, you got to be getting in somebody's face where somebody over there, is getting mad. And then they're going to get mad at their teammates say, look, I don't care what we got to do. We got to blow somebody's knee out or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> look, we got to hurt somebody. These guys are taking our lunch. They're, they're, they're come, like they're coming to our home. You know, that's the way we had, we had a coach at USC used to say that, talking about them coming into your home. You know, you come home and find a guy in your house. <laughs> Uh, wait, hey, hey, drinking out of the Big Sills cup, Come on, sitting hey, in the Big Sills chair, that ain't working for me. Hey, that's what this is. You come home and find some man in your home. You know what I mean? Dude, 
You are, this dude is embarrassing you in your, come on, man, look, okay. You go get your blade or whatever, look. You gonna look, they, hey, I got it. I'm getting ready to do something real bad. Hey. But, but I, I didn't see any anger. And, and But that's why I don't understand why the Cardinals, they really don't have anything to play off. They're going home. Get this. You got Gary. a team in the Eagles is fighting for, you know, playoff. You got, you want to have home games and everything. And you come out and you just let, I mean, you just let them just take it all from you. I don't, hey. I don't get it. And Gary, nobody's angry. So I wonder about the makeup of the team, see. Hey, Gary, get this. It's being reported yeah. now that Sirianni's telling people that they knew that the uh, change with Nick Siri, uh, Nick, uh, Desai to Patricia, they knew that it was going to happen weeks ago. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I just got a text on this, too. I'll tell you, boy, I, you know, I don't know what's happening Um you know, for, and and they don't know, um, I mean, this is not the kind of football I was exposed to, man. I, I never heard of somebody. You mean you know, coaching, Gary? Somebody get mad or something. You mean coaching? I, this isn't the type of coaching you and me were raised on. No. Because I, I had coaches get personal, get, you know, like I tell a little lady, oh, boy, ooh, it's going to be nasty in there today, boy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You know, yeah, yeah. you know, you're going in there on Monday, and, and it might be one play. One play, you know, and and they're in your face. You gotta let you let a team do what they did to them. And you don't have coaches attacking guys when they come to the sideline, basically. You know, calling you all kind of names, you know. Hey, <laughs> we got all people in your here. Helmet. We got people in here calling Nick Sirianni Nick Kotai. <laughs> hey, you know for 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 um for the team to go that south. I mean, you make a change with the coaches or whatever. I I I don't see nobody angry. I don't see coaches angry. I mean, we had coaches that would be when you go when you go to the sideline. Hey, they're angry, but I don't see anybody angry, man. I don't, you know, I don't understand it. Should Jalen Hurts get angry? Wait, wait, wait say that again? he be more assertive publicly? You know, I, I, I see, I think, it's, you know, he could. But if you're on the offensive side of the ball, I think defensively, see, there's got to be a pride where you got to like a defensive mentality. I was always like, Toughest guys on our football team are on our defense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, where you establish that in training camp and everything that look, if I catch a guy coming across the middle, I'm gonna try to break his neck. That's my teammate. <laughs> but that's my job. So I'm not apologizing. And we had guys who always was look, guys were, hey man, hey, 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 hey. You know, they're crying to us when we go, um, we're, we're, we're going to the mess hall to eat. We got opposite players crying because we ain't giving them no mercy. What what's going on? You got you don't have no you know aggressive defensive players. Come on, man! I don't get it. I never I've never seen guys that's this soft, man. This is a hey, soft group. It's it, it's Nick Kotai Sirianni, in your opinion. It's you know. Um, 
with, with what they've done, I mean, no, I, I can't, I couldn't go there on him. Um, Gary, this is but I, bad. But I might because I, I, you know, I, I just this is see bad, more Gary. Fight. What's that? This is bad. I mean, you, you know, like this is the soft. This is a soft group, boy. I tell you, they must be up there. I, you know, I'm going to be looking for flowers up there in the locker room. You know, golly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute I mean, here. Are you trying to tell you, me that these guys send out Valentine's Day cards and shit like look, that? I'm, I, I, I mean, do you understand? I mean, I've never seen a team where you would get humiliated like this, and I don't see anybody angry. None of the players. I'm talking about players where they're doing stuff in the game where the ref what, get a penalty. You know what I mean? I mean, get a penalty. Get a penalty, not a pillow. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, where somebody cheap shot somebody or something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. But I don't see any of that. I mean, we had guys that would dig it up. They would try to poke the guy's eye out. <laughs> well, you I'm got good with that. Something hitting the guy late where somebody comes in and hit the guy late or something. I mean. If, if James Conner is running like that, somebody's going to hit him late or something. What would Andre Waters do to James Conner running through the line? Hey, go after his knee. Where he would, <laughs> hey. Hey. James Conner. Let, let me tell you something. James Conner. <laughs> he, would, hey, he would be complaining or something to the ref. Because we're going and telling him, gonna get your knee, buddy. I'm gonna get you, guy. Because <laughs> hey. that's a guy that barks like this. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. Look, I never heard, I mean, you know, and I'm not saying guys should play dirty and everything. I don't need people contacting me. Look, nice guy football is losing football. Okay. And that's. I never knew. I didn't know the Eagles had that many nice guys. That nice guys football nice. man is losing. You're calling losing. these guys softies. They're soft. Come on. If you, you're getting what? Did you see anybody get mad? No. James Conner. I mean, he should be somewhat being protective of his health. <laughs> you're running the ball on us like this. <laughs> I'm telling you. That I mean. Are you saying you guys that the Eagles have a him. bunch of choir boys on defense? That's what I see. I've never seen guys, you know, you, you got somebody running the ball down your throat and you're not trying to. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i just talking about playing hard football where if you get a shot on this guy, you are, you're trying to get up under his chin. You, I mean, you're trying to hit him. You are angry. This guy's running the ball down your throat. <laughs> I've never seen the guys to get run on like that. And everybody, you hey, go help him up. You go, help hey, Gary, him up. A three-win team. A three-win team. Ran the ball for 221 yards on you. Five and a half yards a clip. Ran 72 plays. And get this. Had 32 first downs to 17. A three-win team, one of the uh, worst teams in the league, and they yeah. ran you out of your own building. Yep. 
that that really indicts the Eagles. I mean, that's all I'm saying is that is an indictment. This is a soft football team, and uh, the coaches, how you could send guys out, they weren't ready to play. It's an indictment of, of everybody. I mean, that's that's embarrassing. And and like I said, um, you know, I, I had I had to do the post game from our station and everything, so I wasn't over there at the game because I I wanted to go in the locker room. See, go around. Somebody mad. Somebody is. I didn't see any anger. I mean, I, that's what I don't I don't understand that, and I I don't know football like that where. You know, if we're doing a one-on-one -on -one drill, a guy comes out and blows me into whatever. So <laughs> I, you're, you're saying that Nick Sirianni's a band leader of a choir. That, that's what I see, man, the nicest group. <laughs> I mean, these guys, <laughs> these are some nice guys, man. Because <laughs> somebody come in and eat my lunch. Wait a minute, where's my food at? Such and such ate it. What? Hey, hey. <laughs> If that's guys from our area, I'd be you know we'd be walking in going, go get me a coke and a sandwich. <laughs> you better believe it. Every day, you yes. think you were in prison? Hey, right. I mean, come on! How can how? Why is nobody angry? I mean, <clears throat> and, and see that's a problem. If you don't have any players on your team, like you know that. That are that aggressive where if anything, you gotta go, oh, oh, such that's oh settle, oh, 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 settle down. Now, settle. They don't have to settle anybody down. Everybody's oh, you know, when we get this you know what? You might as well send James Connor, you know, a, a birthday card or whatever. Or, or no, at least a dozen roses. Yeah, some man. I mean, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I, I've hey. never seen football like that, man. I, hey, Gary, let me go, man. Hey, happy new year to you, man. I really appreciate you so much doing this for me. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll see what happens against the Gigantes. Hey, I, I hey, don't know if I want to see it. Hey, wait, hey, by the way, um, yeah, the choir practice will be Sunday at the Meadowlands um at MetLife. So I'll let you know what songs they're playing. <laughs> That's right. And, and I'm and I'm hey, I'll make sure I bring some flowers. You got it. Thank you, Gary. I All appreciate right, it. All right. All right. I love Gary, Gary Cobb there. Fantastic stuff there. All right. Hey, I will say this to you guys. Um, James, my fabulous IT guy, you got to get that Gary Cobb calling the Eagles soft and agreeing that they're choir boys. You, you now have media members certain media members in Philly now calling out the Eagles for being soft. Too many nice guys. Yeah, really. I want to talk about Sirianni here for a second and about him being soft. Maybe it starts with him. Maybe it starts with him. All right, hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours too with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. 
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Seventeen of the NFL here in a second as well. Playoff race. We'll look back again here at the um, the Cardinal game here against the Eagles. Also, the semifinal games that are going to be played today in college football. We'll do a little bit of that as well. Um, I'll say this to you. Why doesn't the head coach put people on blast more? You've built enough equity up. You went to a Super Bowl 11 months ago. Why don't you say we're not coaching well and our players aren't playing well? What's wrong with that? You know why? It's an indictment on Roseman. He was told not to say those things. You can't be genuine. Nick Sirianni's not genuine. Shit, I can watch Jonathan Gannon. The way he coaches and Shane Steichen, they coach nothing like they coach with the guardrails in Philly last year. Okay? Nothing. Jonathan Gannon is blitzing like his hair's on fire. Sideline thought process, in-game situation, he was brilliant. Yes, Jonathan Gannon was brilliant. He set... I've been saying it to you. I want you to understand how important that is. And my boy, Philly 500's in here. I want you to understand something on how you're set up. That outside kick was a setup because he knew the Eagle coaches would be gullible. And that the Eagles go, oh, we got the ball midfield. When you didn't score a touchdown, it was over. They knew it. 
<clears throat> I swear to you, I, I went like this. The Cardinals are winning this game. They didn't punt once. You weren't stopping Kyler Murray. That looked like a $46 million quarterback, the way he played. He was sensational. You had no answers for him throwing to trash cans. And your coaches had no answers on the sidelines. You got Gary Cobb calling the Eagles a soft team. When in the world have you ever in your life, even the sorry-ass four-win team, heard somebody call the Eagles soft? I agree, Sills. I said it was genius as soon as they kicked it. Same here. Philly 500. I went like this. As soon as he kicked that, I went, and he didn't get it. I went, that wasn't really the point. If they got it, it just would have meant that they had a shorter field. And get this. It's best they didn't get it. Why? Because it took more time off the clock. And if they would have scored quick, the Eagles would have had a chance to have the ball in their hand. And I give the Eagles a better chance to win the game with their offense versus their defense on the field. Gannon didn't want the Eagle offense with the ball in their hands because he knew they could win it. He wanted their defense on the field. That guy was freaking unbelievably well-prepared for that game. And as I told you in the first hour, that guy's killed Dallas. He's He ran you off the field in your own ballpark. And he played a really great game a couple weeks ago against the Niners. The Arizona Cardinals got their coach and their quarterback. They're going to win a lot of games. They got a ton of picks. If they do things right, the Cardinals are going to be good. They're going to be a good football team. I tell you something. We're all wrong about Gannon. His bedside manner may not be the best, but the guy who was the worst coach in the building last year was the head coach. And the best coaches were the coordinators. Steichen and Gannon. You come, hey, I come away this year going, I'm pretty impressed with both guys. I'm pretty impressed with both guys. The offense played well yesterday. We lost because of coaching and defense and scheme. Dude, here. Jalen Hurts didn't have a bad game. But you only had 47 plays. How does the worst football team in the league have 32 first downs on a team that is trying to win the NFC East and home field advantage? It was a gutless performance. It was totally gutless. It was a gutless performance. I mean, then, and like I said earlier, when I was talking with um, with Tone, instead of having Devontae Smith block for Kenny Nobody Gainwell, 
Gainwell is me. He should be blocking for Devontae. Why in the world do you want the football in that dude's hands? He's not good. Kenny Gainwell, if he was on another football team, would be waived. Ask yourself this question. Again, we talked this with Tone as well earlier. And I asked Tone the question. If Nick Sirianni got fired, you think there's teams out there that would hire that guy immediately as their head football coach? Not a chance in hell. I would never want that guy. He's not a play caller. He's a cheerleader. I don't need a cheerleader. I need a guy who knows how to win games. That's all you need to know about that guy. No one would hire him with a 680 win percentage. No one would hire him. He's like George Seifert. Do I think the Giants beat him? I don't know. You don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. You just, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. It is an absolute colossal, disastrous interference of front office meddling that I've seen in quite some time. This goes back to the Marty Schottenheimer 14 and 2, AJ Smith, and the owner, Dean Spanos, and how they were going back and forth with Schottenheimer and how Schottenheimer wanted to have control of some personnel. He wanted to keep Drew Brees, he wanted to trade. Philip Rivers and AJ Smith because he drafted. Um, he actually drafted both guys, but he went out and got Rivers. They that's the whole thing. Marty got fired because of this. Marty got fired because he 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 wanted Drew Brees. Management made him play Drew Brees in that final game against Denver or Kansas City, where he blew his shoulder out. After that, they fired a guy who was 14 and two and went to an AFC title game and was actually a better roster than the New England Patriots. They fired him because he didn't want. If Breeze wins a Super Bowl in San Diego and delivers his career that he delivered in New Orleans, maybe football's not out of San Diego and they build their new stadium. That one move. Wrecked the entire franchise's ability to stay in San Diego. What would that have meant? The city would have given the Spanos family a new building in that town. Instead, then you had the whole Eli thing. Management got in the way. Like it's getting in the way here. You have polluted a Super Bowl roster. Polluted with your meddling. Man, oh man. You know what's criminal about this? This is all self-inflicted wounds. This is self-inflicted. Even with your shitty defense, you still should have killed that Cardinal team. 
but you got killed by guys who half that roster won't be in the league next year. You got beat by, you got beat up by Spider Rico. Seals, I want to know why a 10 and 1 and 2, they quit on this coach. Simple. I'll tell you flat out, Philly 500, what happened. When you guys were 10 and 1 and 10 and 2, and Philly, at the beginning of the show and at the beginning of the year, I've never wavered on the one loss record because I've never looked at it. People on the radio, even on our channel, were snowed by the record. Rightfully so. I get it. Me and Angelo were really from day one, one of the only people going, that's not a good team. Even when they were undefeated, we kept going, that's not a good team. Now, my miscalculation, I thought they would have got better offensively, or excuse me, defensively. It's disintegrated. It's just disintegrated. And here's what happened. The gauntlet broke you, exposed you. When you got into that Kansas City game and you beat Kansas City in Kansas City, all of a sudden, that's the highlight of the year is you beating KC in KC. But now we look at it, you beat a 10-6 Kansas City team. That's kind of on fumes too. They got to retool in the offseason. Not that big a win. I told you day one, Kansas City's not getting back to the Super Bowl. They have no chance to get back to the Super Bowl. Well, well, Mahomes and Reed give them the chance. That's not true. But I don't believe they are. I think they've played too much football the last five years. And then what happened? The, the close games, the Bills were finding themselves. Bills put up 505 on you. It seems every time we make a Super Bowl appearance, the front office screws up every screws up the team every single time. Fired Reed, fired Douglas or Peterson. I hate to tell you this, Philly. My prediction about you being a five-win team in two years, looking pretty good. This thing ain't going to trend to be better because no matter who you hire, he's going to be a lapdog. No matter who you bring in, he will be a lapdog. Nick Sirianni has no balls and no backbone. I mean, if that were... Any decent coach with any kind of autonomy in his in his in his in his DNA, wouldn't he get in front of the mic going like this? That was a sorry ass effort. I coached horribly. Our players did not perform. We are right now have to have a come to Jesus conversation with everybody who's involved in how we prepare. We have got to evaluate ourselves and constantly look at what's in the best interest of this team. If that means we got to start sitting people, we're going to sit people. But we've got to turn this as a, turn this around. This is about the bigger cause, not about one man. This is about one man right now, Howie Roseman. This is about one man 
and his vision. Let me show you something here. As great as Roseman was last year, he's pathetic this year. So who is he? And get this, he's on the coattails of Doug Peterson's win in 17. He's a fraud. Howie Roseman can't draft. D-line? No, D-tackle. O-line? Okay, you got me. Rest of the team? He blows. Facts. And because they paid the quarterback, they went shopping at the dollar store for linebackers and safeties. Think about that. At the expense of winning the general manager, because they know in March of next year, have to start paying the quarterback $50 million. He didn't want to get tied into a Devin White contract, another $20 million deal. He didn't want to be squeezed against the cap like that. So what did he do? He sacrificed the defense. That's on him. And get this. You could blame the coaching, but you blame Howie for everything because he's responsible for the coordinator. He's responsible for the talent. He's responsible for the assistant coaches. Remember what I told you. Of the 24 coaches that were on the staff the Super Bowl year, 12 were replaced. Half the roster of coaches were elevated. And some go like this. Well, they were in the building. How's that help Brian Johnson as a play caller? You think him being in the building has helped him? Do you? I say it hasn't. The Eagles are cheap. But guess what they're not cheap at? The Flash. They're a finesse team now. And they're a soft defense. They're soft. It's it's a choir boy defense with a band leader running it. Honestly, man, these guys should be playing like the flute and the harp, not playing nickel and linebacker and D-tackle. They're soft. No one gives a shit. No one has any energy. The head coach doesn't call anybody out. Holy cow almighty. Let me tell you this to you, man. I'll tell you flat out. When when the Cowboys went 1-15 in Jimmy's year, do you know what he would do on Tuesdays? Tone, I don't know if you heard this story, but do you know what he would do on Tuesdays? He'd bring 21 guys in to do workouts on a 46-man roster. He'd be working out 23 guys every Tuesday. Players would come in. Next year, Cowboys won more games. That number went down to 12. The next year after that, year three, it went down to two. Jimmy walks into the meeting and goes, well, we're out down to two guys on Tuesdays coming in for me to take a look at. Down from 23. You know what the only reason is? We won the Super Bowl. Don't let me back to having that number up, which meant 
He made everybody in fear of their jobs. Jimmy, I heard, I heard Troy Aikman say it the other night when they were talking about when Jimmy was inducted. He, they goes, no one, including me, ever felt safe about their. He made Troy Aikman never feel safe about his job. Everybody feared for their jobs when that guy walked in the room. Every time he walked in the room, the place got quiet. You guys want to have a coach that wants to hold a, a family picnic, tell everybody how great it is, over-explain shit, be a band leader to the local media in Philly. That's what you're looking for. That's not winning football. You need get this. I, I want to tell you, you need a coach the most when things are down, not up. You need a leader when things aren't going great to guide you through the rough waters, not when things are sailing great. That's not the mark of a great coach. A great coach is a coach that guides you through rough waters. That's the thing that builds the equity up. I'll tell you what Sean McDermott did. Sean McDermott did a wonderful job. He fired Dorsey, put a guy in place. A lot of conversation up there in Buffalo. Shit, there were people talking about maybe McDermott would lose his job. Now they're playing the best football. They're winning games. They're playing for a division title this weekend. Same as you. And the Bills look like a tough out right now. You can't beat the Cardinals. You need a coach. When shit's not going well, and you don't have that guy because he's never been that guy. Nick Sirianni is a product of an organization that believes that they were more empowered to win that Super Bowl, and it's gone to their head. And now they've gone back to another one, three points shy. They believe in themselves more than their head coach. That's why you'll never hire a decent one ever again. No, you'll have a guy with a winning record again, but you're never going to cross the finish line until you get a guy with authority. I'll say it one more time to you. If Doug Peterson's your coach last February, you win the Super Bowl. You win it. You win it. But see, how he didn't want to take the chance of being put back in the broom closet. Because if Doug had won two, no need for Howie. Howie has no power. You can't have a guy as a head coach that won a Super Bowl in Philly. It undermines Howie. He's a very insecure human. Very insecure. This is just how I see it.
But then again, this is how I've seen this guy for two years. I haven't changed. That's why when you watch Seth Joyner on our post-game show now, and he's just sitting there, Seth's been telling you too the whole time. We both have been telling you. This guy's not a really a good coach. He's not. And there would be a time. we Get this. Seth and I had talked about this. We knew that there was going to be a time, okay, when things weren't going well, that would expose this. I didn't think it unraveled this quick, though. I, I really didn't. I thought there'd be some sort of balance a little bit. There's no balance here. This is this thing's going down at the head. I mean, it's just going down. And, it, and it's going down fast. Okay. Mike Tomlin with this team. Did, what's that kid's name that they just they just won a game, right? 30, 20, 23. They're now nine and seven. It's now the 18th year that Tomlin's never had a losing record. That's unbelievable. In today's NFL with salary cap, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season in his entire coaching career as the head coach of the Steelers. Why in the world would you even think about moving off that man? For who? Who are you replacing Mike Tomlin with? Nick Sirianni? Who are you replacing that guy with? You would be out of your tree. He won two games in a row with Mason. What is it? Rudolph. Is that the kid from Oklahoma State? Did he play his ball at Oklahoma State? Oh, no way. Hey. Mike Tomlin would be a horrible interview for a job. He'd be horrible because he'd tell you the way shit was. And most GMs and owners don't want to hear the way it is. Hey, you want to win games? We work together or we don't work at all. You never really thought that the general manager of the Steelers, he, Mike Tomlin doesn't work for him. They work together. You've heard that before when I had Kevin Colbert on who was GM and president of the Steelers. I've had him on three, four times. Now he's a consultant for the Steelers. He never felt that he was Mike Tomlin's boss at all, ever. Nick Sirianni works for Howie. I, I, I guess the frustrating thing about watching yesterday's game was watching a bad team and bad, who I thought was a bad coach, crush you. That's got to be the most disappointing loss. Like, I'm going to make this point to you. That loss, what was the biggest loss during Doug Peterson's career at the end? What was the biggest loss? Was it Seattle, the playoff game, that people will always go back to? What was the biggest loss that you went, damn, I don't know now. 
that you remember? Or was it maybe the New Orleans game that Alshon Jeffries dropped? Slagger, I'm going to get to how it can change. Okay? The game, how he pulled Hurts. That's another one. Rigging that game against Doug at the end for Nate Sutfeld. I remember that game because I've never seen a general manager rig a game like that before and throw a football game. I've never seen anything like that where you wanted him out so bad, you did everything in your power to try to undermine him. He undermined him that entire year. The whole thing was a complete train wreck. Complete train wreck. Because he didn't want to go back to the Chip Kelly days. And he felt that he was the guy who built the Super Bowl team, which isn't true. He put the players on the field. But the players were coached by Doug and by Frank and by Swartz. In 2020, when he tied with Cincinnati, I knew we were cooked. Okay. This game here against the Cardinals, you're going to remember this in five years. That it was the beginning of the end for Sirianni. Mark it down. Remember I told you that. You'll remember Sunday. How you get this. Look at what you were playing for. And you couldn't man up. And you were out coached by Jonathan Gannon and a collection of guys who will be cut this coming offseason. Half that roster will be turned over in Arizona. Half that roster. They're going to turn that roster over. You'll remember that game because then you went like this. Damn. Will it matter who gets the job? And and Slagger says this. I can't wait that. Hey, you'll never forget this game. It'll be a game you go, I can't believe that we are taking another team. Hey, how, how different? Let me ask you guys this. Help me out on this. 500, help me out on this. How different is this year than 18? Is there any similarities between this year and 2018, year after the Super Bowl? How did that thing look? Uh, how, how much did that look? At least in 18, we could blame injuries. In 23, what's the cause? A ton of injuries in 18. What up, Dan? Big fan. Just saying what's up. Hey, all good, GTFO. Thank you for coming aboard. Happy New Year to you, man. Um, I'll say this to you here. The owner has to step in again and ask himself this. What is the one thing that Pittsburgh has done since 1969? They've had stability in what they do. They never quit on Doug. 
oh, they've totally quit on this guy. There's a difference in coaching. Remember something. Right there, Philly 500 gives you the difference between the 18 team who was injured and this year. I mean, the Eagles are 11 and 5 and quit on their coach. I think that year you guys were like, what, 9 and 7? You guys like 9 and 7 that, that year after the Super Bowl, or was it 10 and 6, something like that? They never quit on their coach. Why? Because you had a coach in the room. You had an adult in the room. You didn't have a pom-pom waiver. That's the difference. When things are going sideways and you need a coach, you're going to need a coach more in bad times than in good times. That was an unprecedented run the Eagles were on. And now reality's hitting. Like it does every other organization. And you got to weather the storm. The Eagles can't weather the storm because of the meddling front office. Coaches weather the storm. Kyle Shanahan's weathered the storm. That whole Trey Lance thing. By the way, I love how everybody in Philly thinks that Brock Purdy had a shitty year. As he enters the last game of the season, He's thrown the least amount of attempts, and he has thrown the second most passing yards in the league at 42.80, and he's thrown 31 touchdowns with 11 interceptions for 113, and he's the number one seed in the NFC, and they are 12-4. and He sucked. I think you might want that one back. You might want that back this guy's going to throw for around 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns you might want that one back and he crushed you why Eagles why Here's how this could turn around. The owner has to put, and and Angelo said it would never happen. Dude, you need a president of football operations to hold Howie accountable so that he just can't have massive influence on everything. He's got to stay out of the football game day decision-making that goes on in preparing. The analytics team cannot have. And you know what that means? Telling the owner's kid to sit the hell down. These guys cannot have that amount of control of what the organization is going to do fundamentally when it comes to schematics. They can't be that involved. They're not football people. It's why there's no feel to the game. Pretty all-time 49ers passing season leader was Montana and Young and Brody. Okay? Unbelievable. I mean, the Eagles have a playbook. 
that's built by CPAs. The Cardinals have a playbook that's built by coaches. Indianapolis has a playbook built by coaches. The Eagles have a playbook built by analytics. That's no way to win games. And God forbid you don't have the same, hey, and when you don't have the personnel to execute the analytic playbook, this is what you get. And when you don't have coaches that aren't, how about this? Nick Sirianni might be a good coach. How do you know? He has no, this is his, and if he's the play caller, he's the two and five play caller. This is, it looks exactly like 21. That's right, brother. There's no checks and balances. Guys, I, I, you know, it's New Year's Day. Um, I don't know how this thing got here like this. Did I think that the Philadelphia Eagles would fall off the face of the map like this in a month? Absolutely not. I don't think anybody did. You know the biggest conversation people are having today about Philly? They can't believe what's going on. I can't believe it. I didn't think it would be this. I, The Titanic went down in two hours and something minutes. This thing's going down by the second. I, I love that. It's real. And he goes, what's the solution? I think it's in Jeffrey Lurie's DNA to have control of his team and play with his um, toy and just think he knows what's best for the team. He believes that the Super Bowl 17 thing is his. Can I tell you something about Jerry Jones? And let me just go back to Jerry Jones and Jimmy. Why do you guys think that Jerry Jones put Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor when he had already been put in the in a, a Pro Football Hall of Fame? Why do you think he did that? I had a conversation with Coach Johnson. Why do you think he did that? Not fan pressure. Okay. Why do you think Jerry finally said, you know, um, why do you think he did? Pressure from former, no. Jerry Jones had a come to Jesus moment in his life. You know, maybe it was Jimmy. I think it was made easier I think because he went in the Hall of Fame first, okay? How he got in over Jimmy doesn't really make sense. However, at the end of the day, think about it. He had to have a come-to-Jesus conversation. In the 30 years that I've been running the team, running the personnel, picking the coaches, picking the players, we've won three playoff games. This guy won three playoff games two years in a row. In Dallas, he took a one in 15 team, had complete control of the roster and all football operations and built a dynasty in the team of the nineties. 
He took players who were already there under Coach Landry and turned them into Hall of Famers. Okay? Analytics screw Dan Campbell the other night, too. Too many two-point conversions, just kicked the field goal. Agreed. I don't think Dan's a analytics kind of guy. But I think that that was a poor decision, but I thought he probably looked at it that he wasn't going to have anything change. He's still in the three-hole right now when it comes to the NFC playoffs. See, the Eagles don't have self-accountability. They believe that they are the reason. Okay? They believe that they are the reason that the organization, but they're also underachievers. They're also underachievers, man. Like like Tone says, you you have had talent. How about this? The Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC since 2000. How many teams have been better than them since 2000 in the NFC? Rams had some good teams. Um. Seattle. Packers. Packers have had what? Two Super Bowls, Favre, but that was in the 90s. They've had one Super Bowl in the last 20 years. Super Bowl win. So, I don't know. Eagles are right there. Saints, I still think Philly's been more successful. The Bucks had 10 years of being down a little bit, though, from the first Super Bowl win. The Giants have been a train wreck the last 15 years. Okay? They won more Super Bowls, but the last 15 years and the last 10 on Eli were terrible. The, the Eagles have been right there. Right? Why haven't you won more? Seals, you're the best one-man gang in this YouTube business. Never change, please. We need you to hold powers accountable. Philly, four for four. Thank you very much. That's kind. Very kind. Thank you very much. You know, and you know what, you know what, guys? I really didn't want to go here today, but I think the most upsetting thing, and I'll say it again to you, they did this to themselves and there was no need to do this. Bring TJ Edwards back. Bring TJ and CJ back. Sign them. Get rid of them in the offseason. Get rid of, the, rid of one of the corners. Draft the corner in the second round, third round. Shit, that's what Kansas City did. Hey, one thing about Kansas City this year, their defense got better. That's a good football team on that side of the ball. Actually, I would say that their defense had a better year than their offense did this year. I, I'm just saying. That Alec... 
that Alex Hallaby has a lot to do with the direction of your organization. That is how he's right-hand man. He's the analytics man. He's strategy. He's player development. He's everything. That guy has more titles in the Eagle organization than anybody in it outside of the general manager. He oversees the entire organization. He's Howie's second in charge. Okay? They run everything through that. That guy's been there 16 years. He's a Harvard guy. He's not a football guy. He's a Harvard guy perpetrating himself as a football guy. (laughs) Analytics, Gary. Analytics is important. But again, I, I the reason I pointed out Gannon and how he coached so brilliantly, yes, I can't stand him too. I do the way I love the Ravens organization, Slagger. But Gannon figuring that out and reasoning it out with a minute 30 left in the game or two minutes left in the game and baiting a guy into thinking that the onside kick. Do you know what the Eagle guys did? Coaching and player. You think I'm right on this one, Tone? Once they didn't get the onside kick, I'm talking the Cardinals. Don't you think the Eagle guys thought the game was over? They relaxed. Gannon knew it because he knows their nature. He knew it. That's why those fumbling, stupid-ass play calls at the end. The Eagles, they got off the gas pedal. Can it goes, they're going to kick a field goal and we're going to win. That was, dude, honest to God, when they went in and scored, my wife looked at me. She said, you, you knew it. I go, it was, it was over once they kicked the field goal. It was over. And the only reason it wouldn't have been over is because the Cardinals aren't a good team and they're not good in the red zone like they weren't in the first quarter. was the only reason they weren't going to win that game. They were going to kick a field goal at least. They have a, One thing they do have on that team is a field goal kicker who's like, what, doesn't he have like some of the most points scored in any NFL kicking history? Gannon knew it. Oh, my God. He baited them so Dude, I'll tell you this. If you're Jeffrey Lurie and you're Howie Roseman and you're not smart enough to see that, you have no business being in the NFL business. I immediately knew what he did. I said, that guy was just going for He He did want the onside kick, but once he didn't get it, I'm like, that strategy's no lose. It's a no-lose strategy. If they score quick, I save time. Time was the enemy, not the field position. Gannon figured that out standing there. He didn't need an analytics guy in his ear. He knew it. Time was his enemy. If they score and they go in, okay, we'll go on in too. 
He hadn't stopped him all game. And they thought the game was over. Kicker comes in. You 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 could not have scripted a better mousetrap than what that guy did. Unbelievable. All right, let me take a time out here. I want to talk about the semifinal games tonight. We'll we'll do tomorrow, week 17 of the um NFL season. I'll or the NFL week here that we just came out of, and also to some of the positioning when it comes to playoffs. We'll do that. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things, Christmas is near, gift cards are here, good at Hooters everywhere now, Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. birthday yesterday i got a birthday on the third 
I, I wonder what treats um, Rich Kotai Sirianni is going to bring for me this week. Yeah. Nikki Kotai. <laughs> oh, man. Just think of the biggest bullshit artist you know. Just It fits. It's appropriate. I, I wonder what what wonderful gifts will be brought. <laughs> my, my wife got me Oreo ice cream cake. Oh hell, man! God, I like me some Oreo. Ooh, I like that Blizzard, man. Yeah, that thing sounds sweet. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, let me see. What's the score here? 7-7? Seven, seven? Not a very good uh, position for Bama to be in because uh, Michigan wants that game low scoring because that's how they beat teams. How about Jim Harbaugh? How about the two Harbaugh's? You ready for this? How about this one, Tone? My Capricorn brother. That's right, man. Hey, isn't it wild? That the Harbaugh's, who can wear you out, both guys could win the college football national championship if they beat Bama here, and John can win the Super Bowl. So when you hire one of those guys, you're getting a man in charge. You can't go wrong with a Harbaugh. So if I'm like Dean Spanos, or if I'm somebody that's like Mark Davis, I'm not hiring Antonio Pierce. I'm hiring Jim Harbaugh. What do you want? 20 million? Who would you rather have as your coach? Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh? He's won at every level. Every level. And by the way, let's put it this way. If you're going to use that same crux on Belichick with Brady, I'd like to see Sean Payton do something without Drew Brees. Show me what you can do without Drew Brees. It works with him, too. You just can't apply it when needed. Okay? Dude, I'm telling you, man. Double hardball, guys. Hey, I like Jim, but can I tell you who Jim's like? You got you got a guy. Um, I'll get to that who wins. Um, You got a guy in Jim Harbaugh. Who is a fist with a mouth? And that guy's going to tell you exactly who he is and what he is. He's like John Tortorella. He's going to wear you out. He's not going to be around for a long time because he wears your ass out. He wants things done his way. I think Bama beats them, though. I think Bama wins this thing. I'm going to go Bama. And I think Washington beats Texas. I love that kid, Michael Penix. I don't think they have a receiver. Or excuse me, I don't think they have DBs at Texas that can cover those wide receivers. As a matter of fact, Tone, I think Washington, when you watch the Huskies play, I think they got a wide receiver on that team that's better than Marvin Harrison Jr. I can't think of his name. O- Odex, Onex, 
That kid is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I think the national championship game is going to be between Washington and Alabama. So we shall see. I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you again. Oh, by the way, we got Ice Cube on Wednesday. little fun we're going to have with Ice Cube. We'll talk some sports with him. Cube will be on with us Wednesday, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, at 4.30. So he will join us. And I want to thank The Rock again for the shout-out. He was awesome. Gannon literally came to Philly, exposed Sirianni. He surely did, Marshall. Thank you guys very much. Have a great rest of your New Year's Day. We thank you so much. Joe, Xander, thank you. Tone, keep killing it. Tone's now come to the conclusion, ain't ruining my day. That's how he's doing it now. Ain't ruining my day, man. I had I, This is my birthday week. You ain't screwing that thing up. I, I got an Oreo cake still to polish off. You ain't ruining my thing, man. That ain't working for me. I appreciate y'all. Two to six tomorrow. We'll see you on the flip side. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours too with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.